Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Definitely Wednesday night. You know what I'm that sure. Oh, I'm actually I'm not really fucking sure anymore. I think it's Wednesday night. Yeah, my my mind's all over the place now. I did just sort of blow your mind, so my apologies. I didn't realize what time it was when I started telling you everything I was just telling you. Uh, and we'll talk, we're going to talk about it later, Tom. So we'll leave we'll it out there. Up, but we have fun, reckless speculation. For sure. And what a goddamn main event we just saw on uh, on Dynamite. I think that's what I just watched. Jesus. Um, it is Wednesday. It is the Mark Hoover Podcast here on the Shine Wizard Network. Uh, episode 104. Slowly making our way to 169. Yo. Uh... Ryan Schlong's here with me, Aunt Money. Schlong, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm in a very good mood. I wonder why. It's not like I just watched something amazing. I mean, it's... I mean, we're going to talk about what we just witnessed, but what a goddamn uh, main event on Dynamite. We're going to talk about all of Dynamite. We're going to talk about rampage a little bit we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff that's been going on in the world of aew so strap in folks because it's going to be another great episode of the mark order podcast um and apparently um apparently we're going to be uh joined here by kate momentarily she's i'm going to use air quotes for those not watching rebooting the router uh, whatever that means i don't know Somehow that always happens right before we go live. I don't know right, how. Right before. Right before. Though, I, though, and I'm not defending her, but I'm saying I know we don't get treated differently because if you watch any of her other stuff, it's always a few minutes behind. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess she's lucky. We're here to jump on on time. Um, But man, wow. Uh, what a main event. Uh, Brendan Heaney checking in. He says five star seven if it was in the Tokyo Dome. That makes sense. Also, I'm so sorry, Asian Joe. He says, after watching the main event, kicking myself for not driving down to KC to Dynamite. If that was an option, Joe, you fucked up. I mean, you definitely fucked up. You'd be getting the ECW, you fucked up chance. Yeah, 100%. Well, 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 look whose router's been restarted. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make my internet be a thing. <laughs> What's up, uh, Who's your provider? Optimum. I mean, I wish I could change from Optimum. I can't. 
It's the worst. Um, They're the only ones available in my building. It's the only reason I haven't changed. They're even atrocious. If you lived anywhere else, I'm just at, is there any other cable option in your area? The only other one is literally Verizon Business. That's <sighs> it. And I'm not as much as I would love to. <laughs> I would I'm not paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars a no. month. But that's that's unfortunately it. Because I, I would have paid good money to switch from Optimum with how awful they've been and how much I need my internet. Like do a wrestling podcast every night. I I work remote. Like I'm I'm connected all the time. So the amount of money I spend on cable and internet with Optimum is ridiculous compared to the service that I get. Like that's exactly it. I, I mean, now, listen, I get I, I have a package that has the movie channels. We watch them. We've had them forever. But I mean, I uh, the the cable pixelates all the fucking time mm -hmm. on different channels. It's not just like a couple channels. It's any channel. Anytime will like pixelate and drop out. Um, the Internet will randomly go out, although not as bad as your your place kate but my favorite thing was we were having the siding redone on the house i don't know a couple of years ago and the cable ran along the front of the house underneath one of the the old wooden shingles that was you know that the house was sided with and for some reason they cut the cable and i was like i, I didn't want to cut the cable. They were like, well, you said get rid of whatever. I was like, yeah, that doesn't mean cut the fucking Not cable. Not an active cable. <laughs> right. Um, so I called, Ver I called, uh, not Verizon, excuse me. I called Optimum. And I was like, listen, I I'm working from home. I my wife works from home. We have no internet. I need somebody to come out and help me out. Like, you know, repair this, whatever. So somebody comes out and I said to them, yeah, they cut the cable, so it needs to go through the house. Like, it needs to be put through the house. Do you know they told me they can't put the cable through my house? I'm like, well, then who the fuck puts it into my house? So right now, for years, I've had a patched cable on my roof that wraps around my chimney. It goes up the roof, wraps around the chimney, and then down the other side of the roof to the other side of the house. They will not put it through my fucking house. Even though that's where it was when you started. Before and they're it. the goddamn cable company. <laughs> they're like, we're not allowed to. I'm like, are you fucking joking? Like, what is going on? Clown right shoes. Now? Absolute clown joke. shoes. And do you know, I've even Kate tried to upgrade to their basically like Fios package, right? Like their fiber optic. They told me I'm ineligible. I'm like, how am I ineligible? I want to pay you probably more money for something that's probably not as good. And they're like, yeah, you can't do it. I was like, it's in my area. I know it's here. But it's insanity. They're they're the, they're the only game in town. That's it. That's the only way that they win is they must just have exclusivity on areas like yours and mine. They're they're so bad. Um, I. It's if far. I wanted to go to a different cable provider, I'd have to get a dish. And if I went to get a dish, I'd still have to have their shitty internet. So what's the yeah, what's point? the point? I'm in a rental too, so I don't I can't even I can't even do a I dish. Like I'm I have no I've literally and I've 
I've been in this apartment for six years. And every year I search to see if there's someone new. And there's oh, yeah. nobody. I'm I'm a, I'm good for once a month or every other month, like going to the FiOS thing and being like, "Is it available in my area?" No, I'll request it, and it just no hope dice. upon hope that at some point something else will be available in my area. But alas, our cable woes. Ryan doesn't have to worry about that. Ryan's like, "What?" I use dial-up. That's why you're <laughs> delayed right now. That's perfect. Yeah, see, that, it all works. I was actually just gonna say it's kind of funny that Ryan. <laughs> It was the one who glitched out there. Yeah, that's great. Uh, nice heel beard, Ryan. Yeah, it's really grown and it's going to be gone. I do we'll like the five o'clock shadow. I'll, I'll look up with beards on this on this program on this podcast. Yeah, I can't keep it for work, so it has to go eventually. You can't. I have to keep it really well trimmed, and then I'm just bad at m- matching them up. So I just. Whoop. I'm so delayed. Jesus Christ! Whoa, you are. Jesus. Um, we summoned bad internet. Ryan, before... It and it's hit me. <laughs> Ryan, before you... Um... All right, I'm back. Okay. Before you get rid of the heel beard, can you color it in straight jet black just like Hollywood Hulk Hogan? <laughs> they do have that dye that you can have for like a day now. Yes, I did see the Just for Men. It's basically mascara that you put all over your face. Oh God, that is tempting. And then you, you also put bits. it in your eyebrows. Holy crap, it is really gray. I didn't notice that. I'm not talking about I just meant the 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 stubble on the sides. Just like Hollywood Hogan, just like spray paint it black. Take some shoe polish or something and put some black there. I could. His was yeah, his dark was a little too dark. Um but man, which is ironic considering he's a fucking racist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, listen, brother. It's been a tough couple years for a Check out my leg drop. Uh, I was good in New Japan and nowhere else. I wouldn't even say he was good there. We saw him do a couple. We saw him do a couple basic moves, and people are like, holy shit, he can wrestle. It's like uh, there there were some good ones. There were some good ones. I still wear my Hulkamaniac shorts to the gym. I don't care. I mean, it's there's not a problem with Hulk Hogan as much as the man behind Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Terry (laughs) Belay. Terry, he's such a fucking Terry. What a Terry. Guys, if we if we ever find ourselves on a group trip to Florida, can we make sure we go to the Tampa area and please go to his sports bar? Yes, I didn't know that was a thing. Sure. Are Are you kidding? You guys didn't know he has a bar? No. Oh my god. Uh let me see if I can pull this Wait, up. Wait, did Matt tell us this? Did he go there right before he left for his cruise? I don't know because it's on the other side. It's um like Miami is on the east coast, right? And yeah, this is on the Gulf Coast. Yeah. Yeah. I like that it, side it's better. On, <laughs> it's in Clear uh Clearwater Beach. That's on the other side, right? Yeah. I think I looked this up. Yeah, that's closer to Tampa, right outside Tampa. Yeah, so here you go. Uh let me let me share this. Hold on. So it's called Hogan's Hangout. For those who don't know, it's in Clearwater Beach, Florida. And my guess is that these pictures are probably just uh, fucking like, you know, generic photos. But um, it's in Clearwater Beach. Apparently, 
Uh, best food and drinks in town, brother. It looks like, oh my gosh, what's the... Oh no, why can't I remember it? There's a Florida chain. I mean, the p- photos look like Senor Frogs or whatever. <laughs> like, they do not sure. Like Monday Night oh, Karaoke. It... Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, uh, it just looks like not... your average bar. This is not a meet and greet, a photo op, or a signing. Listen up, beach bums. <laughs> and you need a ticket. And you need a ticket. You can't you just go in. So, uh, well, damn. Yeah. Listen up, beach bums. Monday night at the hangout has become the most significant thing happening on the beach, and we want to keep the good times rolling. Make sure to read carefully so you understand the event. This ain't your average karaoke, brother. We go hard on by Nick Hogan. Oh, well. Wow. Oh, okay. This sounds fucking awful. (laughs) If you had a chance to meet Nick Hogan, what would you say to Nick Hogan? I'm so sorry. Why? He killed a guy. (laughs) That's that's a fair point. He killed a guy. Oh, we can get loyalty with rewards, brother. Wait, what's the picture? Oh, I thought maybe we'd be like him under the umbrella. No, no, the why the are there pictures of the interior? Because it looks really fucking boring so far. It's on the beach, or no, it's not even on the beach. These are some sick, like GeoCities effects on the website, too. The way it looks like I mean, honestly, I'm thinking about getting one of these sleeveless shirts and rocking that to the gym as well. I mean, you're not going to get one of the crop shirts there. What crop shirts? Is that a crop shirt? I didn't. Yeah, even it look. is. No, there's oh, sleeves on it. I can't. I don't wear sleeves at the gym. What am I? No, always cut those sleeves off. Yeah, but if you're gonna, if you're gonna Hulk, you could like your arms could be too big for them. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess like my arms aren't that. I don't have 27 inch pythons. Yes. There's no photos. I can't. So I can't. Come on. Sorry. There's a video, on, but on. there's a bunch of music. Let me play. down, brothers. Not you. The website. I mean, it doesn't look terrible. That looks see. like the most basic Bahama Breeze bullshit, though. <laughs> like, there's nothing special oh, it, about it. It looks like a generic bar, which isn't a bad thing, but it's not like special. I can't even mute the audio, and I don't know what it is, so I don't. If want I it. wanted to go to a bar owned by a racist, I don't need to go to Hulk Hogan's when I'm in Florida. You can just go to anywhere. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I mean, any place in Florida, that'll pretty much do it. Um, but yeah, Hogan's Hangout. I say that's on our agenda if we ever find ourselves in, in Florida on Clearwater Beach. Clearwater is also where all the Scientologists are, right? Are they? I think so. I'm not going to look that one up. I mean, I'm Florida not... just feels like you're you're getting a mixed bag at best, no matter what part of Florida you're in, right? Well, there's, there is, and I, I'm pretty sure it's Clearwater. It might be somewhere else, but there is a, a place in Florida where, like, literally, there's a giant Scientology building, and they're walking fucking around. Oh, it's like yeah. the Sea Org is down there. Wasn't so, that there was a thing with that, right? Hulk Hogan was spotted like with a Scientologist or outside of that building, I think. But maybe he was just at his restaurant. It turns he out. could have just been trying to get some <laughs> brothers to go down to the restaurant. Brother, come and get I want my some chicken time, brother. and. Zenu or whatever the fuck. Zenu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and I, I don't. I already closed the page, so I, my apologies. I'm not going back to it. Uh, fuck that. I'm going back to it. Um, I do uh, need to know 
I'm looking now. I'm not going to share it on on the screen here, but let's see the menu. Um, oh man, like they don't have fun names for everything. Like the appetizers, just like coconut shrimp, mozzarella sticks. Like everything should have a wrestling related name. How are you missing There's that? Not like a a sauce called like the hulking up, and it's like the hottest sauce they have or anything. I'm looking down the list, and it's just like have a buffalo chicken wrap. Have the hangout burger, a mushroom and Swiss burger, a patty melt. Like the this is a there's not Hulks, like an Hulkster, this NW own onion bloom or anything. Come no, on. Nothing. That's shameful. Nothing. This is a huge miss, brother. Then we're going to Bret Hart's place. Couldn't get the rights. You don't need rights. Please. How many diners? Well, Ryan, maybe not. But Kate, how many diners in this area used to have or maybe still have like wraps that are named after whatever? You know what I mean? Or sandwiches. There was a diner around here. Um, Well, not around here where I'm at now, but where I grew up, there was a diner called the Pilgrim Diner. In Cedar Grove, and they had raps, but they were uh, named after rappers. So they had like the Tupac, the Notorious B.I.G., the Lil Kim, and they were all different raps, you know, roast beef and Swiss and That's whatever. True. And I will never forget, we were in there one night. I might have been there with Mrs. Money. Maybe not. I don't remember, but somebody ordered a wrap and they just said, like, I'll have the buffalo chicken wrap. And the lady just looks and goes, you mean the Tupac? And I was like, <laughs> yes, I'll have the Tupac. It's like, come on, lady, just write both. Don't make say me it. say it. Don't make me say it. Um, Yeah, what a miss, Hulkster. You should have had fucking the, the Andre the Giant Burger. It's just a double burger. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Oh, the 24-inch Python Burger. It's just, I don't know. Bigger Miss. burger. Miss. Uh, so anyway, beyond Hogan's hangout, how's everybody doing tonight? Oh, my God. I'm ready to get to the end of the month. Ready to get to the end of the month. Wait a minute. before I'm still fucking delayed. Yeah, you're lagging. You're lagging div- like, lagging hard, brother, over there. You should probably um, want to leave and Reset your back. router. Yeah, I'll be right back. Or even just sometimes exit StreamYard and come back in. Um, no, this, I'm going to, uh, stretch that sucks until about the end of the month. So, uh, but I knew it. I'm just getting very close to getting out of debt. So I'm very excited about that, but I will be very, 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 very ready for our new Japan trip. Like well, the readiest. Good. Yeah. I I'm can't excited. even remember when our new Japan trip is. I mean, I have it on the calendar of April. No, 14th, 15th. It can't be seventh and eighth. That's Easter weekend. Mid April. I think it's I think it's the fourteenth and fifteenth. I mean, there's no way I'd go away over that Easter weekend with a five year old. Ryan, when's our new Japan trip? <laughs> I have no idea. I think it's the fourteenth and fifteenth. By the way though, Kate, you made a fun typo on your tweet that I didn't I catch, but I others did. have. Uh-oh. Tune into Mark Order Pod as we use our best detective skills to piece together who was in the fella in the main event. Who was in the fella in the main yeah. event? Yeah, oh, some 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 naughty business was occurring. Don't get rid of it, Kate. Li- own it. Own it. No, who I'm gonna is... retweet him. Oh come on! Who I'm gonna retweet in myself. The fella? In the fella. 
What was what he were you trying to say? Different main event than we watched. Who was the fellow that was in the main event? Because there was all this bullshit about, oh, who is this guy? We gotta get a vignette. They had one on Rampage, and no, you don't. Fucking yeah. Google it. And I think they might have even put a video on their social. And plenty of places this week had stuff up about uh, the Vikings. So we're gonna talk all about that. Um, yeah, but we got New Japan coming up. I'm pretty sure there's a Battle of the Belts coming up too. So we'll have a bonus show when that happens. I think that's going yeah. on April 7th, but Lord knows if it'll happen with the fucking schedule. Yeah, and then we have a rampage on Saturday. Get it together. This week? Yeah. Well, what's happening on TNT Friday night? Is there basketball, right? Yes. Yeah, but didn't we switch stations just to avoid this kind of nonsense? For Wednesday nights, yes, but I guess not for Rampage. It's something they're continuing to deal with. Put Although it on at I seven, I prefer that. <laughs> I, well, I did see that. Um, uh, starting later than ten p.m. Actually, this week helped them. <laughs> they got, I think, some of their best ratings since like April uh, of last year, or something crazy like that. Um. So that's kind of wild. I guess people stuck around after the basketball and maybe so. watched wrestling or fell asleep with the TV. I think on. Ty of Valkyrie should just take that as a victory lap. She's like, my in-ring debut popped ratings. I mean, she's not bad to look at. I know that much. She's not. She's a good wrestler, too. I'll take it. Listen, I think I said it last week with, with the Rye guy. Um, I've, all, I've never historically... Uh, been a huge Taya Valkyrie fan of her in-ring work. Like, I felt like some of her stuff was super telegraphed. But, again, like, I'm hoping that I see something different now that I'm going to be seeing her more consistently, hopefully. Um, because I'd like to like her in the ring. I think it's a great, it was a great signing for them because she's a the one of the biggest names that was out there. Yeah. So, like, I thought it was a win for sure. And the match Friday wasn't bad. We'll talk about that. But we know Kate's getting out of debt, so she's getting better. Ryan, how how have you been? I'm a grand old flag. I'm a high flying flag. Sorry. Flag? Okay. Yeah, I, just, I was going to say I'm grand, and then got the song in my head, and I went with it. Okay. Just no making way. sure you said flag, because if you didn't say flag, I was going to say that's inappropriate, good sir. Yeah, we had to. Nope, I, I said the right one. So we're good. We would have booted. I'm solid. It looks like I'm still off-timed, so that's fun. Okay. You look good from here. Yeah, you mm -hmm. look good. I'm like a half second. It's driving me nuts. Are you using Bluetooth headphones? Yes. There can be a tiny delay or look like a tiny delay with your Bluetooth. Yeah, but I use them every week. This is the first week I've had this issue. So. Welcome to my life every day. <laughs> every time I try to do literally anything. <laughs> That's why I don't. That's the only reason I don't use Bluetooth. I used to have the little Bluetooth ones, and then I realized there was a delay, and it felt like I was stepping on people because I was like, uh, "Things don't match up," and I was I was watching your mouth and not listening, <laughs> so like uh, I would just start, yeah, and then eventually I was just like, "Fuck this!" So use these big ones. Um, the cans. Yeah. Plus, it makes me sound louder in my own head. I'm going half deaf, I think, from wearing headphones anyway, so. 
And metal concerts. Yeah, that did not help. Used to go to those things with no earplugs. I mean, now I go to everything with an earplug. And it sounds better. I get so I get so mad at my like 19 year old self when I'm like half the time it sounds better with them in. Yeah, I mean, but I used to wear just those foam ones that you just shove in your ear. And then I don't know, I went to a show once and I forgot my earplugs at home. So I went to like the CVS and they only had they didn't have the foam ones. They had like the better ones that are meant sort of for like hearing through the earplugs. And since I got those, I'm like, wow, this is way more enjoyable. Yeah. than I thought like it actually lets some of the sound through. Um, so yeah, that was good. Although I went to a show Saturday and I wore them. And the only thing was I was like in an upstairs part and the way the sound worked, the venue, I not ever, like I didn't catch everything. Yeah. Because of the way the speakers were set up, but it was still, it was a fun show. Good. Yeah. I saw Bury Your Dead in uh, Worcester, Mass. That's just good advice. Yeah. I mean, you should. You could burn. Very dead. You it's burn. true. But, like, don't just leave them hanging around. It's going to. No, no, no. I buried, we buried them. Um, so that was fun. And then Sunday, we had to go to another show, but that was here in New Jersey. So we drove back. And um, you did say had to. I did. Was this not a show that you wanted to go to? No, it was something I wanted to go okay. to, but we had we had to go. So here's the story. So before the pandemic, Gina uh, went. Gina was part of some group on Facebook or whatever. They were looking for people to do an interview with a band and also do photographs. And Gina d- does photography and she shoots concerts and stuff. So. She said, I'll do it. I've interviewed people before, so I'll do it and I'll write it up and we'll record it. And then we'll, uh, you know, I'll take the photos. And they were a band from Italy. This was their first. It was their first United States show. She was like one of the first uh, people that they had met like here. So they became friends. She shot them a couple more times back then. And then she actually flew to L.A. to shoot them in Los Angeles and shot them around town. And then the pandemic and now they've come back for the first time in like four years. So um, so they were playing right around the corner from us. We had to go, you know, because she was going to shoot them. And uh, also we haven't seen them in forever. So um, so uh, we went, but we didn't want to leave Anthony home again because we had to come home and then we had to go back out. So we were like, he is going to flip a shit. So we took him. But um, he got like three quarters of the way through their set and they were just opening and he turned around to me and we were standing like right next to the stage. It, you know, it's not like we were backstage, but we were standing right next to the stage and he turns around at me and looks up and he's starting to like frown and his lip is quivering. And I'm like, what's the matter, bud? And he's like, I want to go home. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Okay, but he's, I'm like, are you, what's the matter? Like, why do you want to go home? And he's like, there's nowhere to sit. My feet hurt and I'm tired. And I was like, okay, cool. He's, your hurt, jets. he's old. He's tired. Yeah. I was like, cool, cool. Your jets, like calm down. Cause like, you're one of the smaller kids. Like there were no other kids there besides some kids who were like, par- like kids who were like family of band members. Right. Right, but there's nobody else that has fucking cool parents like you guys. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, um, uh, 
so uh, I said to him, just calm down. Like, we don't want people to see you crying. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So I was like, calm down and I'll take you to the car. And like when mom's done, she'll come meet us and we'll go. And so we did that. And so we didn't even see uh, the headliner. Um, And then uh, he passed out on the fucking ride home. (laughs) Um, So, uh, so he uh, yesterday actually, they were playing New York city and um, Gina, uh, I had to work in the office and I was in the city and Gina was like, um, the show's not till nine. So I said, that's fine. I'll walk up and meet you there. Cause it was a half hour walk from where I worked straight up. So I was like, cool. So I'm halfway there and she calls me and she goes, stop right where you are. They got into a bus accident. They're not going to make this <gasps> show. So we actually we had some dinner because there she was like they might still be able to make it in or whatever. We weren't sure. So we had some dinner and then we we actually went back to the New Jersey side to where they were to to see how they were doing. What the what happened was they were riding along. And thankfully they didn't hit anybody. Like they didn't get into an accident and like strike a vehicle or something like that. But they were driving along in their tour bus, which was a converted school bus. So they're they're driving along and then um, apparently the driver wasn't paying attention. He lo- took his eyes off the road and the drummer was sitting there and he goes, whoa, 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 like starts to yell. And the driver looks up and the there was a car stopped in front of them. So he slams the brakes and the wheels lock up. The fucking back of the bus lifts up. <gasps> so their tour manager was on the back of the bus, like in bed, like trying to take a nap or whatever. He fucking flew out of the bed. There was a door that the tour manager's niece is their merch girl. She was changing, getting ready for the show. So the door was locked. She hit the door. The door flew off. the, The door flew off the fucking hinges. We saw where the door was. It, it came off the hinges if the door wasn't there, she definitely would have gone through the front of the fucking bus. The singer was sitting at the little table. He said he basically lifted up and went over the fucking table and everybody else fucking flew forward as well. So a couple of them had like broken ribs, you know, some of their hands were hurt. Thankfully they were all fine, but their bus was all fucked up. So they didn't play the show last night. They were able to jump on a bus with another one of the opening bands. So they went to, I think they were in Cambridge tonight. To they played tonight, and then we're gonna go see them Friday in Connecticut. Because when uh, people who are in town from Italy who you haven't seen in three years come to town, you try to see them as much as you can. And then Mrs. Money's actually going out to Nebraska to see them on a leg of this tour, but she has one friend out there, and she's gonna hook up with Asian Joe as well. That rules. Yeah. And, uh, I love it. So anyway, so how uh, was yeah, your uh, your get together on Thursday? Oh, that was good. Uh, we uh, got to meet up. Hang. Yeah, and I didn't plan any of it, so uh, I think I had heard the doctor was like, you know, you guys gotta let people know when this is happening, and I was just like, I didn't plan any of this, so uh, I whatever. Um, but it was um, SJ uh sarah i'm 
going to get killed for that because I hung out with her. Um, but I just know, I just, I always remember. It's Esther. so hard when you know people by like handles and stuff too, yeah. to remember people. Also names. like on, on Instagram, I know it's like carnival of chaos. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not even close. And then uh, Brundon Heaney and his, his lady. And Matt was of course, magically late. Um, so, you know, but it was good. It was, was late to the place that he goes every Thursday. Every week, every single fucking week, he was way late, but it was fun. It was a good time. Good to meet up with people. Um, so, yeah, Schlong never would have come regardless. No, he doesn't leave the house. He doesn't. He's true. Nope. Hey, I'm going to the New Japan show. You are going to the New Japan show. Where's that? Philly. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm, I don't lie. I stick in my radius. Thanks, for, and I enjoy my thanks radius. for all your help during the World Baseball Classic. The rest of Philly is trash. Mm-hmm. I'm not even um, talking to you. Ryan, I will be down. I'll be down in Camden in July. Um, On purpose? Yes. So um, this sort of also goes back to. So should I be sending Gina flowers now or. No, she's coming with. So, um, so did you write your will for the boy or he's coming too? So, um, so when we, oh, this is going to be such a bad obituary to write. When we took him to, um, to the show on Sunday, he, he's like, Gina uses this app to talk to some of these guys called Marco Polo. It's basically like a video messaging app. Oh yeah. And, um, Anthony has seen these guys and actually sent messages to them with Gina so he knows some of them. So he came with us to to meet the band and and see the show. And he's talking to some of the, you know, their managers and stuff. They're talking to him. They think it's really cool he's there. And they're like, who's your favorite band? And a, everybody who asked that question now, he gives the same answer. Mudvayne. We took him to see Rob Zombie last summer. And Mudvayne opened for them. And he thought they were the coolest shit ever. And that's pretty niche because they're pretty aggressive, I guess, for yeah. his age. Um, and they came out in the full face paint gimmick and the singer has the bullet hole in his head. And he was a little freaked out. And then he was like, this is awesome. And so now he tells everybody Mudvayne's his favorite band. Well, yesterday, Mudvayne announced they're doing a tour this summer. And the closest spots that they were coming was Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, but that was on like a Wednesday night and Camden, New Jersey on a Saturday. So we bought tickets for the three of us to go see Mudvayne, but Guar is opening. So he's going to shit a brick. He's ne- he doesn't even know who Guar is. He's going to be covered in green goo. By the I end hope of we're far away enough. We are we are in seats because apparently this kid needs a seat. You know, he's too cool to stand up for a show. Um, no, I'm old and I want a chair. Um, <laughs> but um, Gene and I already have discussed this and we were like, we're going to have to explain a lot of stuff to him. Because About if you are, well, have you seen Guar Kate? Oh, several times. So, you know, there's a lot of penis play. There is a lot of dicks. <laughs> yes. Well, I haven't necessarily seen them without Odorous. I know Odorous used to come out with a giant dick and spray stuff out of it. I believe the new singer has two dicks. 
but I don't necessarily know. I think he has cow udders, which is a whole different fucking ball yeah. game. But um, let's let's review this though. Mm-hmm. Lead singer comes out with a dick, right? New lead singer yeah. comes into the band. Mm-hmm. You're already gonna be like the diet version of that band, right? Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, it's not the same without the original lead singer." How do you how do you fix that? How do you level the playing field? Double the dicks. Two dicks. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I'm not worried having to explain to him them chopping people's heads off and blood squirting out. Like that, I think he's going to find hilarious. Yeah, a little boy is going to be like all in on that. But Double dicks? Going to take some explaining. He's definitely going to notice the dick stuff. Uh, He has a keen eye for that kind of stuff. Um, it's that not going to go over his head. Dicks. Yeah. I mean, What's the he's... thing in, is it super bad where he's like, 8% of kids had it. I would just draw dicks. <laughs> yes. yes, that was super bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, thankfully, he's not drawing dicks yet. Um, he is not drawing yeah, you know dicks. about. <laughs> I mean, That's a good point. Yeah, I've seen some of his work, and I'm like, is this a dick? All right, it's not. He said it's a cat. I'll take his word for it. <laughs> it's not a dick. It's a pussy. Hey. Um, so, yeah, so that'll be fun. So, Ryan, I'll let you know. We'll be down in Camden. Good luck. Why? It's just the amphitheater. You could have gone to Scranton. What? Not on a Wednesday. We are scheduled to take him to Scranton to see Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper. My God. He loves Rob Zombie. Of course. And Alice Cooper. I love that you're taking your kid to Camden and it's not to go to the aquarium where every other parent takes their child, but it's no. to see Mudvayne and Guar. I oh, mean, yeah. who's to say we're not going to go early to take him to the aquarium? It's like the best day ever. But that would be a long fucking day, so it's probably not going to happen. The water zoo? Hell yeah. It's just a lot to ask of a child. Um, but he is pumped to see Mudvayne. We did tell him and he's like, Yes. But then I'm going to show him Guar, and he's going to be like, fuck Mudvayne. I love Guar. That's exactly what's going to happen. Dicks. They had two dicks. <laughs> he's got two dicks and cow's udders. My, my, my money, if I had to put money on who he's going to gravitate towards. Ant money. Boom. Um, I think uh, if memory serves me correct, uh, guitar player's name is Balzac. Checking that. Yes, Balzac, the Jaws of Death in Guar. If you don't know who he is, he is the guitar player who has the giant mechanical head that yes, chomps up and down. He's my personal favorite. Um, I think he's probably going to find that incredibly cool. How could um, it? Yeah, I mean, he's just going to think getting sprayed with stuff is cool. Probably. I don't I haven't seen them in a long time. I don't know whose head they're chopping off. At one point, they were ripping off the Pope's entire face and chest. That I remember. They were. I do remember them decapitating Reagan. Oh yeah. And also, at one point, we saw them. He was. They were. I think exploding Osama bin Laden's chest cage, or his rib cage. Yeah, I feel like that was. I remember that. That was. That was probably when I first got into metal, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, if you go back and look at Guar stuff, like they, I think, used to do Saddam Hussein's um, 
like they used to do stuff with Saddam Hussein. I think they have a song, Saddam Agogo. Um, Story tracks. Yeah. And then they used to also, Kate, this was way before I think you and I, they used to pull fans out of the crowd and feed them to a giant worm. So you'd get I can't eaten. Believe we missed that era. I well, that's also when in the, I mean their uh, props. Back when bands were men. <laughs> I think I've told you this story though, Kate. Did I? I don't know. Give me in. Give me in time frame of when you were in college, Kate. I need it. Oh five to oh nine. Okay, so you were there at the end of my college reign. So. Was the CMJ Music Marathon still happening when you were there? Yes. Okay. So one year there was a CMJ Music Marathon that I attended, and I was friends with uh, a bunch of people, but uh, I was really close with somebody at a music promo company, actually the place where me and G met. And um, they would always have a party. They would always have a party. um, And they tended to have it at the, the Corova Milk Bar, which is straight out of Clockwork Orange. And it's an alphabet city. So that's scary as well. Uh, or it used to be that place is gone now. But um, uh, one year I was specifically told you have to be at this party. There's a special guest. And I was like, well, I do have somewhere to be back home. So like, I can't be here all night. So, um, so I went and I was like watching the clock and I'm like, is this guest coming? Cause like, I do have to leave. And they were like, just stick around like a couple more minutes. And I did. And fucking Odorous and Rungus comes in, you know, singer of Guar comes yeah. through the front fucking door in full gear. I mean, he had to come in sideways because this, his costume was so big. The only thing I can tell you that I remember, Kate, is the smell. Terrible. You can't clean. You can't clean that costume. No, it it's like was, mascots. Doesn't matter how many times you throw it in the wash. It's oh, not going to help. It was bad. But he looked great. Zoinks. Looked great. Anyway. I don't know. Uh, All right, guys. What do you say we get down to some business? Where we talk a little bit about wrestling. Because I guess that's what we're here for, right? Sure. Um, You guys want to talk about Rampage a little bit? And then we'll get into the rest of the show? I don't know. We can talk about Rampage. Rampage. (laughs) Rampagen. Um, Rampage was supposed to start, I think, at 1130 um, because of the NCAA. And it wound up starting at 1206 a.m. Yep. <laughs> I was so excited because I, I got to start my post show like an hour early and I get to do it again this week. Sorry, mm-hmm. Rampage. Not yeah. staying well, up you're just not covering it for your shit. <laughs> no, you're just not covering <laughs> Nope. Nope. We're not enabling Tony Khan to start shit at fucking midnight. (laughs) No. I mean, it's not his call. He's making this call. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure he doesn't want to be on at midnight. Go on. Although they did get they they did did like four p.m. ones before. Remember that was awesome. I loved that. Yeah, but those aren't good either. I'm sure he doesn't want to be on at four o'clock either. I'm I'm sure neither of those options is ideal. I also day. I also believe TBS probably and or TNT probably said we want you to have the basketball lead in, so you're going after. Well, I have to to stay up late. I was excited. (laughs) Them leading into the NBA should have been good, but they the network fucked that up. 
because remember that on um when they did um uh what was it all star the all star Friday night they started at seven o'clock and then they went to a different show and then basketball started at nine yeah. o'clock like what they was did the that point? with hockey a couple times too that was stupid I don't understand yeah. the point anyway rampage started I'm sorry rompage started rompage. to uh, at 12:06 a.m. Uh, Hobbs defended his TNT title against Phoenix and he wound up retaining that title. Um I'll tell you this much, I knew Phoenix wasn't going to win that match, but Phoenix not. uh looks great bumping around for Powerhouse Hobbs, which is exactly what you need him to do, right? Yes. Um and then after the match, Abrahantes uh is checking on Phoenix. Hobbs grabbed him, but then QT Marshall uh, puts uh, puts Abrahantes down with a diamond cutter. Uh, so QT Marshall looking oh, good. That's right. By the way, Kate, you weren't on here with us last week. Yes. Can I get your opinion of the QTV segment? I actually kind of love it. So oh, yes, so did I. So did I. I, and- I love it. I loved it. And I told that to Ryan and Ryan was like, holy shit. I thought you were going to hate that. I was like, you can't hate it. It's TMZ. The only thing I don't know about is I don't know if I love it for Will Hobbs. Like, I'm not sure I love it for him, but I love. I I don't know. I find it hilarious whenever anybody wants to troll wrestling media. I think it's great. (laughs) But I like QT is the the way it was done was such a a picture perfect parody how can't you love it i thought it was i thought it was really good the fact that they even had the water bottle he was holding the cup with the water the straw you know just like what's his face on tmz it was just perfect tonight i loved it (laughs) just great just great um by the way guys just so you know um he ho del uh he vikingo liked our photo on instagram hooray um So uh, Hobbs uh, retains. Uh, Adam Cole hyped up his return. We'll talk about Adam Cole tonight. Grayson cut a great promo about his match with John Moxley. We'll talk yes. about that. Uh, and so then Taya. Oh, 100%. And I also loved the graphic. It says uh, Stu Grayson is all elite again. Again. <laughs> yeah. Just he should so be. Great. That guy's awesome. I really want to see him in ROH. I mean, I I don't want to see him in Ring of Honor, but I do want to see him in Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? I don't want to not see him on AEW, but I feel like he'd be a phenomenal ROH champion at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We saw Tay Valkyrie after that um, in her debut. Uh, She defeated Eva Lawless post-match. Um, uh, Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling were watching from the ramp, clearly not happy about um you know uh her uh ripping off jaded as the finishing move so we'll talk about that as we get into tonight jaded i knew somebody was going to sing it looked like it was going to be ryan but kate you beat him to it i mean why are we even singing jaded why are we singing subpar aerosmith Oh my god, that song is not good, but like fifth grade looks Kate like a lady. or whatever loved that song. Oh, 
God. That's the only Aerosmith you should be singing. Dude looks like a lady. Looks like a lady. Also, I don't mean to this. I don't mean to continue sidebarring us. I'm trying to keep us on track. But can anybody explain to me why there was that era in the 90s, like early to mid 90s, where uh, a lot of rock bands like that felt like they needed to include a horn section? I can't explain. Yeah, there was a weird trend there. There was a really weird trend. Even Jesse and the Rippers did it. Well, but Jesse I, and the Rippers know. were just you shut your class. mouth about Jesse and the Rippers. Actually, it wasn't Forever. Jesse and the Rippers at that point. The Rippers left. It was Jesse- yeah, no, it was um. It was just Jesse. It. No, it was no. Jesse and the. Oh God. Who cares? I'm we'll blanking. We'll look it up. We'll look oh, it up. Me Somebody put it in the chat. Out. We'll give you. And the monkey puppets. The monkey puppets. I no, I think it's the pumpy monkey babies. Uh, Kate, your friend Stokely Hathaway had a training montage that was just fantastic on Friday night. He did. That it, was. Amazing. It did not. I don't think he was ad- adequately prepared for Hook tonight, but he tried. That was one of my favorite moments of the night. I also have a big beef with that whole thing. We will talk about it uh, in our second uh, half of the show. I'm sorry. It's Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets. I don't I don't know what that is. Uncle Jesse was Hot Daddy. No, that that can't be. That's not real. I'm just telling you what I know. I want season and episode and I want to. That's not real. That's you're being. Hold on. You're being uh, facetious. I I don't know. On the road again. TV episode. It's 1994. Aired November 8th, 1994. Season eight, episode seven. Well, at least we have a title for this show now. Do you have a synopsis of that episode? Yeah, they go back on tour. They go back on tour. That's was this one tour. of the 87 times they tried to just like force the Beach Boys into an episode? No, this is where they went to the Polka convention. Oh, I have no I'm idea. drawing a blank on this whole episode, and I I generally know my full house. but I do remember the episode where uh, Uncle Jesse uh, did try to start a new band that was like, quote unquote, extreme, you know. Yeah, he came in all like Shawn Michaels. Yes. On the, on the, yeah. 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 Uh, Asian Joe, uh, I am clearly a hot daddy of the three of us. Thank you. Literally, literally hot daddy. It's hot in this room and I'm a dad. Um, We'll talk about Stoke. Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange defeated the Bollywood boys. Good to see Um, them. They're really good. Very good to see them. Very good to see them. Yes. Uh, Don Callis was trying to impress to uh, impress Takeshita, uh, with music and flowers and his arrival to Winnipeg. Uh, we are certainly going to talk about Don Callis and Kate. I brought, uh, I brought schlong into something that I saw from the past week that we have in news and notes. So, um, uh, we'll bring, what so the small, fuck? It's a terrible picture, in. Ryan. Zoom in. I, don't know if I, don't want. I thought it's it was not, bigger. He's not even speaking into a microphone. What's going on? It's unprofessional. Uh, if there's anything we are, it's professional. As we're talking about Uncle Jesse's B-band. We're trying. <laughs> um, 
Kenny Omega versus El Hijo del Vikingo was hyped up. We are a hundred percent spending time talking about that. You um, sound like a just a. Are you a f- fluent in Spanish? The way you absolutely. pronounce it, it just rolls off the tongue so beautifully. Vikingo just doesn't seem natural to me, so I don't know how. El Hijo del Vikingo. <laughs> I just try to get through it as quickly and as possible because <laughs> uh, I feel so stupid saying it. Um, guns. Miss- See, oh. Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets. This is when they were playing Polka. Does not ring a bell to me. But earlier in the episode, this is the band. Yes. Yes. And um, I did not realize how my, much my entire wardrobe looks like TJ Tanner's. Still. <laughs> Still. Well, uh, that's now in my head that that's what you dress as. God damn it. My haircut's not even that different. No. Oh no. Let's see. The guns uh and top flight get into it and uh they set up their match for dynamite. We'll talk about that. Main event time, uh Jericho versus Brody King. Jericho or I'm sorry, Garcia. Uh, versus Brody King and Jericho accompanies Daniel Garcia to the ring and he's there throughout the match. Unfortunately, Daniel Garcia gets the best of Brody King because good old Floyd is used to uh, take out uh, Brody King. Uh, So the uh, sports entertainers get a win here. Um, I'll say this. Really want to see Brody King win this. Um, but because of the bat, I still don't, I don't think it, it hurts him. Uh, but th- I thought this was a fantastic match cause it could have gone either way. Sometimes with these sort of mismatched sizes, um, it can be a little awkward, but, uh, man, Brody King's the fucking man. And so is Daniel Garcia. So what a great match. Brody King has been brought in so well. And I know like House of Black was in and out there for a minute, but like, I'm so glad they didn't give up on the stable while Buddy Matthews and Malachi were out because Brody King is like such a perfect fit for everything about it. Like the the presence of it, all three of those guys are so different and him being the the most different. So I, I really like the differentiation in it, but he just like is such a a great example of like what a, a well crafted stable can do for you because he's also super fucking over and he should be but like i don't think people necessarily knew who he was when he came in like if you weren't someone that was watching roh or super familiar um but now i think he's he's just done such great work there kind of ever since the the stuff he was doing with darby when he had that like hang him over the ropes and drop him spot i feel like people were like this guy rules (laughs) and they're right he's great yeah, a hundred percent. Also, speaking of Brody King, um, did you um, did you guys see the video? I think we might have shown it here, um, or at the very least, I um, I definitely uh, mentioned it to you guys. There, there was that video of Brody King stage diving off the stage when he was performing with God Taint. Yes. Okay, so. He was wearing a hate breed shirt or tank when he did that. Um, and I think it was during this week I saw that uh, hate breed 
decided to um to do a shirt sort of in tribute to that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, it's that so rules. awesome. Yeah. Um I don't know if they're like uh on sale like for forever or if it was just like get in on this before it's gone. Uh I did not uh get in on it. I really need to see if I can get my hands on one though. That because rules. these shirts look awesome. Yeah. So Brody King. Um, yeah, I, uh, Kate, I agree with like everything you said because it, it, it would have sucked if they, um, if they just sort of let Brody King sort of fall to the wayside because the stable sort of fell apart there for a little while where things were in flux and like, we weren't sure what was going on with Buddy or Malachi, but, um, because he is such a great talent. I mean, um, they could also, he could easily sort of go do his own thing. Not, not like leave the stable, but what also I love is they could easily take just him and pull him over to ring of honor for something if they want to, cause he's part of the history. Um, so that would be fun if you ask me, but Hell yeah. nobody asked, nobody asked. No one asked you. God damn it. Okay. That was aggressive. Okay. So yeah, I mean, Mr. As lags late... a lot over here coming in hot with the aggression. <laughs> Shut up, DJ. This is like the one time I get to make fun of someone else's internet. Okay, come on. I know, and then yours <laughs> will crap lying? out. Am I still? Oh, no, you're not. Def- no, you're not. Uh, mine's definitely going to start though in like 20 minutes now that I made fun of you for it. Yeah, the internet gods will smite her, Ryan. So don't worry about she that. She will be smoting. Um, so that was rampage. And, uh, again, I know we're not, we don't spend extensive time here on, um, on ring of honor. Uh, and truth be told guys, uh, I didn't, uh, get all the way through episode two yet. I'm still behind. Just my weeks have been nuts. It's It's so fucking good from everything I see. It's been, uh, very good. Yes. How rude rude. uh, from Marky Mark kayfabe. Um, although that wasn't DJ. That was, uh, Chris Mueller, of course, BR underscore doc. If you have any issues with your with your ROH app, with Watch ROH, if you have any issues with Bleacher Report, of course, but I just, it's nice to see Chris Mueller finally admitting what his role there is. He's not a fantastic feature and interview writer. He's not. He's the doctor, and he's here to fix all of your needs. So next time Bleacher Report apps up, Fight TV acts up, ROH, Peacock, Hell, unre- why why stop at wrestling? He's the guy. Just every app. Uh, every app. I will say this, Doc. If you can please tell somebody to enact the resume watching feature <gasps> on uh, the Ring of Honor Club app, uh, that would be fantastic. Wait, first of all, you're 100 right. That is very annoying. Or go back, or anything that most apps have. I also want to point out, Marky Mark is wrong. DJ did have a catchphrase. It was "Oh my Lanta." Thank you very much. That was very that early on. Too. It was very early on, and this is not that is not a discussion we need to be having. Yes, it oh is. my Lanta. Oh, <gasps> that's Lanta. what I'll say next on commentary at Excite. When's you your next date? Into it. Uh, April seventh and eighth. Can we do this? Seventh and eighth. Yeah, they're doing. They're November? running back to back shows on Easter. I guess so. Yeah. Seventh and we get some Wi-Fi in that building. 
Yeah, they're the last one. The oh, last show the ninth, sorry. where I got to call a Bobby Fish match and I asked everyone where the lie was uh, is going up this weekend on Saturday. And I got both references in. I got my Simpsons one and I got the Know Your Onions. I think the next Excite show is... Well, the 7th is Friday and the 8th is um, Saturday. So, yes, I'm actually doing both of those instead of my usual posts. How about this? I don't mind Oh My Lanta, but can we compile a list of sitcom catchphrases for you to work in? And of then course we'll, you can. We will pick maybe one or two, up to you, Kate, one or two for each night. Will that work? That I'm, works for me. I, I vote that we each... No, by we each, I mean... You don't... I just want to say this, Schlong. If you're going to say a catchphrase right now, don't, because I don't want to sway the vote. No, no, no. This is this okay. is the thing, though. I vote since we're doing multiple catchphrases. You and I get one that we each get one that we can pick as ours that she has to do. Okay. I and like that idea. And then one for the people. Yeah, one this for the people. This is a lot. So, so mine you is... You have two nights to fill. I forget. No, I'm, but I'm now sorry. I have to remember three catchphrases. No, you write them on a card. Come on. You have to say, I don't think so, Tim. Oh, cakewalk. What if I'll try wait, to I'll try Schlong, to get the Al Borland inflection in there. Schlong, wait, can we change your home improvement reference? What Heidi Ho neighboring? No, that's Ned Flanders. Just uh, um, Heidi Ho, Tim. Or does he say Heidi Ho, Tim or Heidi Ho neighbor? I guess Heidi Ho neighbor. But see, I. See, I think that could be it to the people. I just really want her to correct her. her she has to say it, correcting her co-commentator. No, you don't get to choose the context, too. That's Leave true. some of that up to the artist. But that's the only way it works. Uh, not if there's a promo and I disagree with something. Fair. All right. So here's the here's what we're going to ask. Uh, here's what we're going to ask the uh, listeners to do we have a little bit of time for this homework but um schlong do you want dms or do you want um i want this out in the open okay so schlong um you don't have to do this now maybe tomorrow when more people have their eyes on twitter set up a uh set up just a a, a stream that people can add to the conversation and we'll start a list and then we'll go through the list and we'll figure out what we want to use. And then Kate will have to work in her references. But Kate, this is a fun one. Sitcom fun. Sitcom catchphrases? Hell yeah. Got me cheese. Um, no, no, no. Right, Don't say talking, them out loud. Talking. Why Don't is it say them out loud. Oh, you the people will vote what they want anyway. That's we don't want to sway the vote, and I don't want to give any of them up. I do want to sway the vote. I don't lie about that at all. I am all about swaying the vote. This is bullshit. This election You want to rock rigged. the vote? I want to rock the vote. I am the MTV generation. I rock the vote. Vote or die, bitch. That's all I know. Uh, all right. Well, that was Rampage. And uh, so what I was talking about was Ring of Honor. So, um, again, I didn't see all of episode two or episode three. You guys uh, have enjoyed it so far, right? That's the okay. general... That's the general consensus I see across the board is people are enjoying the product. It's last week. 
AEW was phenomenal, so I think it it kind of won out. But I have a feeling most weeks, like ROH is going to beat my shit again, just because it's the way it's presented is exactly the kind of stuff I like. You have Claudio and Eddie Kingston in, in the main event picture. They have two women's matches, an episode, and they're great. I love this version of Athena. Um, Samoa Joe, like two of the most four Kate wrestlers are down there, which are Samoa Joe and Eddie Kingston, right? Um, so I, and I just love the pacing of it. I love match, really quick promo or backstage match, match, pure rules match. They brought back um, a proving ground match concept, which is like one of my favorite things. I just love how clean and logical ROH is. And I'm so glad it's back because of anything of all the fucking wrestling I watch, the thing that feels the most like an alternative <laughs> is ROH to me. Like it, it really, really does. So I'm so excited it's back. Um, and both episodes, yeah, have, have been really great. Second one might have even been better than the first. Deppin versus Samoa Joe to open was awesome. Yeah, um, that was great. I did see that much. I got like midway through the second episode. Again, I, I was watching it at the gym while I did cardio. So like I'm able to get through like half an episode. Um, but then I just my weeks have been so nuts. I haven't been able to pick it back up. So like did you that, see the pure match yet? Who was the was that episode two? Art Connors and Wheeler. I don't so, remember. I have to see where it fell in the in the episode. I just don't remember off the top of my head. I've seen so much wrestling lately. I get it. I, <laughs> I get it. Um, I I think of anybody. This has been the most wind in the sails of Wheeler Yuta. He just looks so much more comfortable in the ROH setting. Being a heel to use pure rules to cheat is like such just a fun device because it's more rules than a traditional wrestling match, but you're still finding ways to cheat as a heel, which rules. Um, this feels he just it seems more comfortable on the mic, he delivers in the ring super, super well with pure matches. Um, really, 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 really strong stuff. So I've I've loved it. And he called out Shibata was kind of the big takeaway of the episode. Yep. We won't go into like too many details about it but he said i don't want the students of the la dojo anymore i want i want shibata which is like a, a huge deal so yeah the chat i completely forgot that was that episode too dante versus mike bennett was like this doesn't feel like weekly tv matches it feels like pay-per-view quality matches wrapped up in a weekly tv program so right it fucking rules i love it yeah from what I've seen so far, I really enjoy it. It's just been a it's just been a time management thing where I haven't been able to like consistently keep up with it. I will catch up. My plans are not to like skip episodes. I want to see it get there, especially before the pay per view. So it's an easy watch too. Like it just oh, yeah. it flies. So once once you dive back in it, you'll be right there. You know for sure. Um. All right. Well, why don't we do this, guys? Why don't we take a pause? Um. Okay. And then we'll come back and talk about dynamite um, and also some other news and notes. Um, but we definitely have uh, some commercials to play so that we can refuel, re-energize and do whatever we have to do. Um, so why don't you listen about some of the other shows that are part of the wonderful Shining Wizards Network that we're part of. And we will be right back. 
like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to The Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro Wrestling Tees store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. You can become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers and the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive and believe me, they are fantastic. If you can't support us monetarily, if you don't shop at Amazon, that's absolutely fine. Continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the World Wide Web and make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Doesn't cost you anything, helps us out and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is the Shining Wizards. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports, entertainment, broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. like your music heavy then check out radioactive metal on the shining wizards network for over 16 years now radioactive metal has been one of the longest running podcasts over the years we've interviewed some legendary metal acts had some awesome discussions and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes so join your cool uncle snowy and his co-host aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway! What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network? 
Be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. I'm Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down under pounders that co-host Rogue Day Dots, an action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves, and when you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Get off my lawn, asshole! We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every wrestling figure line that's out there. I'm talking LJMs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulkaplex? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rowe! And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke and Rowe. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones, too. We're currently talking about the death of the stuff. I know what we're fucking talking about. Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rope podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That, uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the, the, the Nards plows. I like Nards plows. That's, uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite wrestling podcast. All right. It's a podcast for two men. Two men. Duke Banks, Kevin Rowe. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. All right. And who better to talk about a man's sport than Duke Oklahoma. Once in a while, Vince Russo stops by. Oh, you piece of shit! If you're not listening to the Year of Duke and Rome podcast in the back with the boys, you piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. It's, uh, you gotta slide one in there. If you're a man, if you're a man, you're talking about something only a man can do. You're talking about sliding one in there. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. Alright, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right. We're back. God, the Kevin Rogue talk spot. Am I right? Well, listen. I love I Kevin. <laughs> I do too, but I work I with what I got. Silly. I work with what I got. 
so uh, we're going to talk about Dynamite, but real quick, we're going to go into business for ourselves and let you guys know you should be following us on our socials at Mark Order Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the places. Um, and if you'd like to support us on any of those social channels, you can find our link tree and um, you can click a link to get some free stickers. Uh, all you got to do is give us your name, your full mailing address, the country you live in, and drop us your email just so that we can get in touch with you in case I have questions about your address. So I can make sure that I send you some free Mark Order podcast stickers to the right place. Uh, we just sent some to Australia. And it wasn't Kate. It was not the broadcast. It was somebody else. Wow. Yeah. So somebody else in Australia is listening. Um, but I did ask the broadcast guys where I could send them some stickers. Still waiting for an address. That's all. Nice. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Free stickers when you use the code Mark Order. Otherwise, they're nineteen ninety nine. No. 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 Stickers are free. Just shipping. pay shipping when you use the code Mark Order at checkout. No. 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 Shipping is also free. Handling. You need free. your social security number and your no, credit card don't number. Go spreading fake information. Come on. This is how people get indicted. Please. <laughs> um, so uh, you can pick up some free stickers. And if you'd like to spend any of your hard-earned dollars on us, you can also check out the link in our link tree to our official Pro Wrestling Tees store. <laughs> or you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkOrderPod or just search for Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees. And uh, you'll find our shirts. We got four designs up, a couple front prints, a couple double-sided prints. Uh, so um, shirts you buy help us out. So if you'd like to spend your dollars on us, we uh, appreciate it. And uh, if you pick up free stickers, we appreciate that as well. You know, we appreciate all the support you guys give us. So uh, thank you so much for all you guys do to support us. Uh, so, guys, let's get into Dynamite now um so um we open up with the intro obviously but we open up into something i don't recall ever seeing on aew television it's uh it's sort of like a backstage segment right away we see hangman adam page um next to an ambulance um after we're informed that the young bucks were brutally attacked before the show and are the ones being carted off in ambulances uh so one takes off with uh matt jackson and then they're loading nick into the back kenny is there with don Callis, just brooding uh and um hangman is is sort of just unsure of what's going on too so they load nick into the back of an ambulance while don is sort of keeping kenny at the arena and uh, all of a sudden, as the door is closing, Hangman stops it. And the paramedic says, we got to go. And Hangman jumps in with Nick and takes off. Uh, and that's when, you know, uh, commentary basically tells us we're following the story. We'll let you know as soon as we get any updates. So, guys, this is exciting because we've been seeing this story sort of unfold in a few different places. And now we had sort of the next layer added to it at this point in the show. We're going to come back to this story later on. But this was an interesting way to open the show since we don't see it a lot. And I I liked it because we're keeping the storyline going. Do you guys have a problem with this? No. Because did you also notice whose face was on the truck and whose face got covered up? 
I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to the oh. truck. Was it was it punk? It sure was. Of course it was. Could be a red herring because it's very possible it's Takeshita here, right? Um, with everything that happens with Don Callis, I think, too. Uh, kind of what we we see him recruiting Takeshita. They have really big plans for him. It would be cool to put him in this. It could be a number of people. But of note, see how Pug's face was on the truck? And then in the next scene, they very much had stuff blocking out his face. Uh, they do tend to like Easter eggs like that. So I, I think it could be really fun. He was also uh, making some comments on some other podcasts about, what was it, Coco Beware and somebody else having a fight in the locker room and Lawler dragging them back into, well, we'll talk about it in news and notes. But whispers, whispers are heating back up and I'm a fucking mark. So no I'm going to bite at all of them. And <laughs> back to uh, you. <laughs> so Kate liked the opening and she liked apparent Easter eggs. I just, uh, Kate, explain to me your Takeshita thing. What did you, what were you equating Takeshita to? Well, because Don Callis is trying to recruit him, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we see Don Callis later. Oh, okay. With yeah, yeah, all yeah. of the shenanigans kind of post-main event, like maybe Don Callis is looking for a way out of the elite and maybe he sees something in Takeshita. So I just thought that I could gotcha. be a fun thing. I think they want to keep Takeshita in a really high-profile situation, but probably not a title feud for a little bit. So mm -hmm. uh, with Don Callis recruiting and then what we see later of him meddling with the friendship of Kenny and Hangman, uh, that that kind of popped into my head, but could be fun. We'll see. Well, we got a couple things to talk about when we get to the main event and the after effects later, because I had something for Schlong that I mentioned he didn't he didn't know about, and uh, wheels were spinning. Uh, I was like, oh, we're time to go on air, and he was just like, I'm so flustered. Um, but Schlong, the opening segment, sort of the who said it? Somebody said it in the chat. The it was like opener. a cold open. Uh, yeah. What'd you think of the opener? Fuck you both. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed the opener. Uh, that was good. Uh, bonkers LFC. We will address your Don Cal's question in the main event because I mm -hmm. have a lot to say on that, but that opinion will come. Uh, it felt like a, like a storyline out of like nineties wrestling. I mean, it's very much a Stone Cold storyline where he comes back with the, the ambulance at the end, but like just opening with an attack already done, you're dealing with the ramifications. It's a very old school but effective wrestling story where you don't know what happened. You don't have to show us that, but we're like, what the hell? So I, I really enjoyed it. Well, what I liked about it too is that at this point in the show, we don't know who the attack has been. I think people have ideas, right? But we don't know who attacked them. So, you know, you're just sort of left at like what happened and and it'll unfold through the night. Right. Like that's obviously what you're where your mind's going to go. Kate, did you have something you want to add? Yeah, it was just it was probably Jeff Jarrett. Right. I mean, God only could only hope. I mean, at this point, we need to give Jeff Jarrett a belt. I mean, J.E. Three belts at least. A double T A.C.K. on two brothers. You know what I mean? He's attacking. Wait. Oh, yes. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. I'm trying to spell as you're going through a this. 
T T A double T A C K AT and T. Uh, so the cold open uh, attack happens, and now we go into our first match of the night, and it's Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, and Sting. Versus Kip Sabian and the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, that's Andy Williams and Pepper Parks. Um, and um, what I loved about this is, you know, like I had seen that this match had been announced, but I didn't really look into like why this match was happening. What I loved is that this actually stemmed off of the live house event. Uh, and they let us know about that on commentary. They said that it, it happened after the show Saturday night or during the show that, um, you know, the Butcher and the Blade attacked, um, you know, uh, Darby and Orange Cassidy. And that sort of set this up. So I thought that was pretty cool that it almost sets up the fact that it's like, hey, you know, if these house shows are happening, it can tie back to television. Right. So like you sort of like want to be there. Um so that was cool. Sloanamite also brings up something that I said to Mrs. Money. Sloanamite says the butcher looks good bald. Uh, I agree. Um, I said to Mrs. Money, one, Andy looked looks fantastic. Because um, I remember early days or earlier days in Every Time I Die where he was big uh, but not muscular. So he's definitely gotten into better shape. And I love the fact that he shaved his head. I think he looks more menacing with a shaved head, sort of like me. Um, than well, he when did you're with a hair. butcher, it's like you don't want your hair getting into the food, you know? He might have worn a hairnet. He probably did. But this just like just makes it easier. Although maybe he didn't wear a hairnet. Maybe that's what makes him super menacing. That could be it. People getting their like who knows their their slab of beef and they're like oh no there's a hair in here Disgusting. there's hair and a band aid it must have been the <laughs> um so uh the match as we get through it Darby Allen uh Orange Cassidy and Sting win by pinfall with the Scorpion Death Drop from Sting on Kip Sabian um I thought this match, first of all, some of the things I loved about this match, Sting just continuing the whole no-sell angle, like on every punch the Butcher got in on him. Love it. He um, walloped Kip Sabian. Holy shit. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, and uh, also, you know, uh, Sting getting the, the fucking pinfall. Just, I mean, w- come on. The guy's a legend. What are you going to do? Not have him involved in the pinfall. Also, fucking Darby Allen still a maniac. Of course. Um, and Orange Cassidy uh, is Orange Cassidy, right? Uh, I loved the Orange Cassidy face paint to fit in with the group. And it just so was good. the O and the C underneath each eye. Hysterical. Um, loved it. I, I, had, I thought this opener was a lot of fun. And um, I'm glad that they explained it. Um, stemming from the house show. And I thought that was sort of a cool angle. Um, but Kate, what'd you think? I thought it was, I thought it was a bunch of fun. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody over in the way that orange Cassidy is over. It's really kind of interesting. Um, like he clearly doesn't matter if he wins or loses. But, like, there's so many things he does in a match that are over 
and everybody has their go-to moves or their hulking up moments right but it's just it's so it's, it's like actually kind of fascinating like the 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 way he's he is over is unrepeatable like it is it is so entirely himself and that kind of came into play today loved the face paint loved i mean sting really walloped kip sabian he looked great like i, I think kip sabian has grown leaps and bounds in the times that we've seen him here. And I also like that there was some continuity with the house show. It's kind of like how with BTE, you don't need to see it to understand what's going on, but it adds a layer. I felt that way on the cruise too. Both times they had storylines on the cruise that like were either carrying over what was on TV or they had like their own almost like mini series of things on the boat where everything actually had some continuity. So I, I appreciate that because it's also kind of like, why not? right? Um, why not take advantage of the fact that you already have creative in place? And then also allow room for Pat Buck to wrestle a match, right? Things like that. So of course, thought it was really good. I will give Double J his props on that. How about that shit? Jeff Jarrett, the way you organized your live event is cool with me. I can say something nice about you. Uh, <laughs> what the man was brought in to do. Exactly my point, Aunt, but it does sound like it was great. Apparently the atmosphere there was awesome from, from people I heard that were there and stuff. Um, but super fun opener. Super fun opening match right after the opener of, of the show. So Ryan, before we get your thoughts on the opener, um, uh, Marky Mark Kayfabe did remind me because uh, I thought it was great and I just forgot to mention it. Marky Mark says, Sting with the shin kicks got me. Yes, Sting playing the uh, Orange Cassidy character, especially with the kicks and then the lackluster, you know, King Kong chest thumps uh, was fantastic. Um, so I definitely love that touch. So Schlong, pull that mic close. You stole, my, your... you stole my topic, which was Sting oh, doing his OC. Go ahead. Well, give me your I thoughts mean, on the OC. All he, left was, all he had left was the roll. I mean, he did the kicks, he did the thing, and he did the lazy roll, but that was... That was my my whole topic. It was excellent. I mean, listen, this you don't need much more. They gave you a story. They tied it to a live event, which encourages people to go to live events. They Kip Sabian's been great since he came back. Orange Cassie's great. Darby's great. Sting's great. Butcher and Blade are great. So it was a great opener for this 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 night. I will also uh add something that is maybe not related to this match, but I saw well. I saw it during this match. Excuse me. Um, the um, There was a sign that I saw in the crowd that said CPA is all elite. I'm always going to pop for a CPA. Oh, hell yeah. Reference anywhere. But it made me think. I mean, I you know, they're not going to sign CPA, right? But could you imagine a world where CPA and Orange Cassidy are a team? Holy moly, the gimmicks together that might implode the universe. CPA, I mean, if you had asked like two years ago, even three years ago, if Danhausen would be on a national television program, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you yeah, just never, you never know. I'm, I'm not gonna say we'll never see CPA there, but well, no, I won't say we'll never, but goddamn. I love me some CPA. And if anybody doesn't know CPA, go look up CPA. That's the gimmick. It's exactly what you think. He's a CPA. And I just, I will always pop Kate, you know, 
because we've yeah. seen some of these uh, Wrestle Pro shows. I will always pop for CPA when he gets to the ring and then he takes off his button down shirt to reveal another button down shirt. And then I'll even I even love it when he goes one step further to where he has his hulking up moment and he rips open the second button down shirt to reveal a third button down shirt. I mean, just perfect. My good. It's goodness. fantastic. Fantastic. Um, wow. That was your New York accent. That one was right. intentional, though. <laughs> was it? I yeah, I was know. just being silly. Sure, sure. Oh, no, sure. you you can hear the difference between an unintentional and an intentional one. Um, I just love getting both you guys on each other for the accents. Oh, it comes right out, don't you know? Uh, no, that was that was intentional. I was just being silly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cabbage Sensei pointing out to the lazy pyro for Orange Cassidy's entrance is, is so great. Um, and what you said about Sting is like, it's not only just like fun and silly Sting did that, but like Sting, I feel like uses every second of television he, time he has to try and get someone else over. Like he's so, mm-hmm. and at this stage of his career, that's kind of what he should be doing, but he's just so good at it and selfless about it and natural about it. Um, I, I was thinking about that just earlier of like, yeah, it's popping the crowd because he's doing Orange Cassidy stuff, but like Sting is fucking doing somebody else's stuff like that. That means something to to wrestling fans. So that's just really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, Sting knows why he's there and what he's supposed to be doing. And he's on the home stretch, you know. Um, It's Sting. It is. It is Sting. I can't do it as good as Matt. I'm sorry. Nobody can. Um, so we do get a video package. They recapped MJF's rebar mitzvah, uh, and then shooting down the, the pillars challenge, uh, for a championship match. And we go to break, you know, we talked about it last week, just a fantastic story they're building here. Um, not too much else to add to the video package. Um, they also did a hype reel for, uh, the main event, which was Kenny and, uh, Vikingo, uh, in the main event. And then we get in to our next match of the night, Kate's favorite tag team in all of wrestling history. Um, the ass boys, I'm sorry, the guns, uh, versus top flight. That's right. Techno team 2000. It goes guns, huge gap, techno team 2000. Everybody else. High energy. Everybody else. Okay. I forgot about high energy. No, 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 no. This is wrong. Anyway, she lied to us. Goes guns. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, big gap, Techno Team 2000. And then high energy. And then high energy. Where do the killer bees fall for you, Kate? They're buzzing around. <laughs> That's a good one. I'll give you that. That's a good one. They're buzzing, they're buzzing around the five slot for sure. Okay. For okay. Sure. If you recall in the early days of this show or bonus content, that the we talked a lot of killer bees. I don't know why. We did talk a lot of killer bees. Anyway, we get the tag match of the night. It's uh it's an AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Um fast forwarding to the end. Uh the Thank Ass God. Boys do win by pinfall with a 310 to Yuma on Dante Martin uh to retain the World Tag Team Championship. Um what had happened was Darius was outside of the ring and we do see an attack made by um, uh, the kingdom uh, to keep Darius from sort of saving 
the pinfall. Uh, so, or, or breaking up the 310 to Yuma. So uh, the kingdom inserting themselves into a story here with uh, Top Flight, um, possibly maybe setting up another team or two teams getting involved in the, uh, in the ladder match for the Ring of Honor uh, Tag Team Championship. But post-match, FTR make their entrance to confront the Ass Boys. And Cash says they're not here to fight, they just want to talk. But the guns call them losers and say they don't want to talk because there's nothing they can say or offer that will earn them a title shot. And Wheeler brings up a never challenge again, uh, clause, and the guns say uh, they have nothing to offer. So Cash escalates it to, uh, you know, we'll, we'll break up in AEW and not wrestle as a tag team again, but the guns are not budging on that offer either. And then Dax takes the mic and says, if they can't beat the guns for the tag team championship, they're going to quit AEW entirely. And that's when the ass boys decide to accept the deal and handshakes are offered. But, um, uh, the guns spit right in the fucking face of FTR. And it was real loogie spit. Um, it was real gross. Disgusting. Now I'll say this too, because there was uh there was a tweet this week, this past week from uncle Dax that said, um, just got off the phone with cash. We've decided, uh, what we're going to do come April. Nothing's official yet. So legally can't speak on it, but in the next couple of weeks, we'll let our fans know we owe it to y'all for the opportunities we have in front of us. Love y'all. And we talked about it here too, Kate. I don't remember if it was with you or if it was last week with Ryan, um, but um, uh, Dax had sort of offered some of the mindset of what they're they're thinking about uh, with the decision. And he basically said, you know, it's sort of happiness over financial gain with AEW and with the WWE, they're sort of riding a creative high and there's there's money to be made. Uh, and that's sort of what's help, what they they were using to weigh out a decision. Now, again, workers are always going to work. Uh, so who knows if they already had a decision or what like that. I personally saw it coming a mile away once they started saying, you've got nothing to offer. I was like, they're going to throw their, uh, you know, they're quitting AEW or they'll leave AEW if they lose. So... Um, I guess one, what did we think of the match? And then two, what do we think is going on with this? We'll quit AEW. Do we think that they're actually leaving or do we think this is a a ruse and they're sticking around? And I'm going to throw it to Ryan first to get his opinion. You know, the mocking of the accent. It wasn't. I said opinion. No, you said it with the L. I heard it. I didn't say opinion. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Maybe you're just accidentally adopting my my accent now. Oh God, that would that would be the greatest thing ever that you guys actually start using it by mistake. Uh, the match was a lot of fun. Let's start with that. Uh, I, you know, I highly enjoy Top Flight, and I think I'm a fan of the guns, unlike Kate. So I enjoyed it. I like that they're bringing in ROH storylines for Top Flight. The Kingdom versus ROH is a great storyline going in going on in ROH, so that'll be great. Uh, that was one hell of a spit. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I, after watching tonight, am more firmly of the belief that FTR is staying. 
I don't think they do. Like, I know it, it, it has all the predictions of, well, you leave and quit. This is the way to go out. And I, and that's why I think they're staying. I think it's almost too obvious. And I'm of the belief that they're now staying, which is fine. I'm okay using the real world drama to, to tell the story. I think it helps. I think it adds a little bit of whatever to the story because everyone's going to assume whenever they wrestle that FTR is instantly going to win. So now you've added something to it by saying, well, people don't know if they're signed. This could, this could be the drama. So I'm, I'm very good with this whole story. I'm, I'm interested. I wonder when they're going to do it. Uh, I don't think they drag it out all the way. Well, their contract ends in April, so they can't. So, right. oh, man, I should be coming up real soon then. Oh, I'm very curious. I'm, 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 I'm all in on this. Well, also, April, we don't know when in April, right? Could be the end of the month. Could be mid-month could be first week of april like i don't know if we know if it's end of month or what where it falls in april so i guess we'll it's find a very out. weird day i hope they're like your contracts expire expire april 14th i was like why the four like, pick a day pick a normal day tax yeah. reasons yeah <laughs> it's tax purposes yeah yeah um so yeah i mean all valid ryan um kate what are your thoughts here i'm sorry dj deej what are your thoughts Oh my Lanta. Um, I I think it's I, look. I don't like the guns, but I think Austin Gun was actually really really good in this match. Top flight is incredible. I think they're probably your inaugural ROH tag team champions. Is the way that that feels like it's gonna go, unless they want to go with someone extremely established. Um, but it, it feels that way. Especially because it seems like they've gotten away from the trio stuff with AR Fox. Uh, so, yeah, Austin was really good. Colton, unfortunately, just does absolutely nothing for me. Um, but the Lugie was disgusting, as it should be. I feel like... I feel like they're sticking around. They left WWE because tag team wrestling was getting treated like a joke. And it's still... Well, the right now the title picture there is really strong. The way the rest of the tag division is treated is not. Like there's just a random tag showcase thrown together for a two night WrestleMania. Like they they have no other tag programs that are going. Um so my guess is if it's two people that left because they love tag team wrestling, WWE kind of continues to confirm why they left in the first place. Uh, Dax just did a whole episode on why when they figured out that they're not Triple H guys, which felt like somewhat coincidental timing. Uh, the women's tag division there, they just continue to prove Mercedes Martinez, Mercedes Martinez, Mercedes Monet, right, as well. So if, if it's because of the love of tag team wrestling, I think FTR is staying. I also feel like there's a ton of upside of Dax broke his ass. Let's not forget, like, these are physical guys. They've been putting on some of their best work, some of the best tag team work ever in wrestling outside of AEW. I would say some of their strongest matches, obviously with the Briscoes, obviously what they were doing in New Japan. Um, so I think the freedom there allows that. I actually think if they chose not to renew with AEW based on what I've heard Dax say in interviews and stuff, I don't know if it's also the um by default that they go back to wwe i think they could they're the bell of the ball if they want to go work the indies and go to japan and 
hell, if they wanted to say, we want to go do a bunch of work in ROH instead, um, they could certainly do that too. My guess is that between the wink and a nod at CM Punk's face being covered up and some of the stuff we're hearing now about the fact that he might be on his way back and everybody kind of seemingly wanting this CMFTR angle that they, they probably do stick around. I'm nervous they give us some sort of schmozzy finish and drag this out further so that that stipulation doesn't even come into play. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see when they do it because then we'll get a clearer picture, right? If they're going to do this next week, because if I'm looking at the calendar right now, next week is the 29th. Uh, and if their contracts are up at the start of the month, it would have to be next week. Um, if their contracts are up mid month, they'd still have to do it either the first week of April or the second week, you know, depending on if they're done the 14th, the 15th, whatever, that's a Friday, Saturday. So they'd have to do it <clears throat> on uh, the 12th. So and Dax also said he would let the fans know in early April, whether it's actually eyes dotted and T's crossed. He would at least, he said he would say the intent. So. Yep. Yep. So we'll see. Um, also, I just also want to say about this. I uh, I thought actually I liked the mic work out of the guns tonight. Um, the annoying screaming that you've got nothing to offer. No, <laughs> like, it just really got me to chuckle. It was. So I also funny. liked it was him denying everything was logical. Why would he accept that challenge? The only thing that they had to offer is to completely go away. Right. Right. So, I mean, it, it made sense. So, listen, we'll see what how this unfolds. Maybe it's next week. Maybe it's not. So, we'll uh, we'll see. We move on to a backstage segment. Jade Cargill being interviewed by uh, Renee Paquette with Layla Gray and Smart Mark Sterling. I did uh, pop at the Cut the Shit Renee reference um, because usually that's reserved for Ski of Own. But uh, Jade runs down Taya, and uh, Mark Sterling offers up a cease and desist on Taya's use of Jaded. Um, and uh, that's when Layla Gray offers to deliver it personally at Rampage. And Jade welcomes uh, Taya to that bitch show. And they also, Renee mentions that uh, coming up is Stokely Hathaway's in-ring debut. And Jade sort of like laughs at that and is like, good luck. <laughs> So um, that is the next match we get into. I don't know if you guys have anything to say about uh, Jade. The skirt looked fantastic. That's all I got to say. I'll say that if Kenta finds out that Mark Sterling can uh, keep someone from using a finisher, he's going to be hiring Mark Sterling extremely quickly. Mm, he should. He has been having a bug up his butt about CM Punk using to go to sleep for decades at this point. <laughs> So, as mentioned, we do get Hook versus Stokely Hathaway, uh, and Stoke makes his entrance. Uh, so he comes out with the entire firm and makes his way to the ring by himself. I, I have a point I want to make about this, so I'm going to stop there for uh, I'm not going to say anything more for a moment. Uh, Hook makes his entrance. And uh, as a reminder, because this is important, this is a no disqualification match. Okay, no DQ. Stoke is by himself. That is uh, pet peeve number one for me is no disqualification. 
Why is Stoke out there by himself? I actually have a response to that. Hold on. We'll talk. Um, So uh, before the match gets started, uh, Stoke gets on the mic and says, uh, Doc Sampson has not cleared him for this match. And coincidentally, he is retiring tonight. So he thanks his fans, all 12 of them. And he says that um, he says here, uh, I got my doctor's note, uh, Justin, uh, let's make it official. And he passes it um, and uh, the camera catches it. And it just says he is sick, written in a Sharpie. And Justin announces to the crowd, uh, this is not really a note. It's a wing stop receipt. And that's when Bryce Correct. tears it uh, and instructs the, the timekeeper to ring the bell. And so Stoke uh, makes his uh, run, but Hook catches him. And now we're off to the races. Um, cutting to the end here, Hook wins by referee stoppage with the red rum. Um, I did not personally expect Stoke to take as many of these bumps <laughs> as he did. He took a, a nice uh, bump off the bike rack. He got thrown over the ringside barricade, um, you know, took took some good moves from Hook. Uh, and then I also enjoyed Hook um, going for his first pinfall win, clearly had it, and then pull Stoke up just to put him in the red room. He's already passed out. Uh, so Hook gets the win. Now, here's the pet peeve. Again, it's a no disqualification match. Uh, the firm can clearly interject themselves here, and they do not. Um, now, they I know were banned from ringside. Were they? When did they say yes, that? That was the stipulation. Oh, you're right. So there. So even though did it's they no remind DQ, us on commentary, I can't. I don't yes, even remember. Oh, they did. Well, then never so mind. even though that was a stipulation, though it was no DQ by saying they can't come to ringside. If they do, the assumption is it's not that you just lose the match. They actually get into some real trouble outside the match. That's how I at least in my head, it's like you can get suspended, something like that. Not to mention Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy had no intention to coming out and help Stoke. Oh, of course. Who not. was dressed as. A weird version of Farouk from the Nation of Domination, which was just yes. amazing. The gear uh, was phenomenal. Um, I wish they had had a bit more clarity around, if you do come to the ring, this is what will happen to you. Because it would have been really good to advance the storytelling of Matt Hardy and Isaiah don't come down. Right? And then Ethan Page might be looking at them like, what the fuck are you doing? Because having no DQ, but also banned at ringside are like two conflicting stipulations. That's a little weird. So I am with you on that. It's a little funky. It was justified. All right. I wish they had just said like it was, you know, banned from ringside and just little stuff. Like if you called it a street fight instead, um, that makes it a a little more palatable, I guess. But um, yeah, that was, that was a little bit hazy. I think it would have been really good storytelling if Ethan Page came down anyway. Um, but yeah, this this was a whole bunch of fun. I think Stokely had to had to bump for that, right? Like it would have been of way course. too predictable if if that didn't happen. But this was this was hilarious. This was a bunch of fun. The training ramp, the training montage on Rampage was great. Going into this, mm-hmm. um, this is really fun storytelling. It's the most interested I've been in Matt Hardy in a really long time as well. I think this is a lot of. I thought this was this was a whole whole mess. I'm of gonna fun. I'm gonna be honest though. If you watch Darker Elevation, 
the story they've been telling with between Matt Hardy and Ethan Page kind of has me wanting Ethan Page to go to the good side rather than Matt Hardy like end up betraying him because I just have liked their interactions when they're on this when they're like agreeing with each other. It's been a lot of fun. I just want to see Ethan Page fighting people on my screen, man. Like the fact that he yeah. can't buy a match is annoying. I uh I agree, Kate. Uh I do want to see more Ethan Page. I also though want to call out a moment that they showed with them watching backstage that I absolutely uh had me had me laughing on the couch. They're watching Stoke in this match. They're watching Hook set up that bike rack to 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 get um Stoke sort of uh you know to to throw get Stoke on it. And um I love they go backstage to them all watching the monitor. And um, they're going, we didn't train for this. We didn't do any hardcore. What? Why didn't we do this? Like, they're arguing. It's so good. They didn't train for hardcore. It's a no DQ match. Well, and like, even in that montage, he was like, he's a suplex machine. And he's like, well, why are we doing power slams? That's, like, <laughs> yeah. so good. So, so good. This has been a blast. This, this whole yeah. thing was a blast. Yeah, a lot of fun. And uh, again, Hook, Hook looks like a million bucks in every fucking spot they put him in um so good for good for hook and i also really enjoy taz just at every moment um uh at every moment um you know like taz gets to talk about hook he's like well this ain't gonna go well brother like yep you know he's just like <laughs> you ain't gonna outrun hook brother he's a just fantastic commentator yeah he really really is yeah um, I should also mention, too, that uh, backstage, Matt Hardy, I think, was uh, pep talking Ethan Page saying, you know, he can avenge Stoke. So we might see Ethan Page in a short program here with Hook. So that would be awesome. I would love it to would see be. That. It would be good. And and again, um, it would put Hook in a situation where he'd have to, you know, sort of go a little bit longer. Right. He's not going to get all the offense in. And we've seen some of that out of Hook, but we've seen more of Hook running through people than getting into sort of the deep waters of a wrestling match. So uh, I'd be all for that. Uh, Okay, they show Tech 9 in the front row, and then Adam Cole makes his entrance and gets on the mic. He asks, who's ready for story time with Adam Cole? Baby! All right, thank you. And he knows he's talked a ton about his struggles, but he feels great right now. He's never been more ready to get back to doing what he loves, and that's wrestling with AEW or for AEW. And he knows that everybody has questions, including who his next opponent is. And that's when the Red Death Daniel Garcia makes his entrance. And he asks who's ready for story time with Daniel Garcia. Baby. Thank you. Um... And uh, he said, but that's what he did. That's what he said. That is what he said. I was making the quote accurate. Thank you, Kate. Somebody understands how to call and respond. I know. That's why when it's you and me, it's the professional show. And when it's me and Ryan, it's a two live crew. What do you want me to say, Ryan? I still feel like that's a shot at me. No, it's the two live crew. You like I'm, I'm offended. I'm, I'm better hurt. than you, and you know it. Oh, okay. How I mean, rude! I'll, oh, perfect, perfect. I like it. I like where everybody's heads at. Oh, so, <laughs> you got it, dude. 
Oh my god. Cut it out, you two. Oh, different show. show. Come on, you can't be I know, references. But it was just so bad I had to go with it. We got through that with all those references. I was almost so happy that I did the dance of joy, but I can't now. Um, so Garcia says that he's become a real veteran and a locker room leader, and that in that capacity, he thought it was his duty to come out. Uh, and not just welcome Cole back, but put him in his place. Because while Cole was at home playing video games on Twitch, Garcia beat Brody King, Ricky Starks, and Brian Danielson. He's main evented more AEW programming over the past year than anyone else in the roster. Uh, he's the lifeblood of the company, and Cole wants to be welcomed back. Well, Garcia's proven he's the best pro rest, I mean, sports entertainer on the planet. Uh, and if that's what he is, what makes Adam Cole so special? And Cole says when the ring bell rings, that's what makes him special. He likes Garcia and thinks he could be the guy someday. But the JAS have uh, made him overconfident. And uh, Cole lists off his bona fide, you know, uh, resume and says if Daniel Garcia wants to challenge him next week, then he's on. But if he's he's going to make a statement that he's back, baby. And uh, Cole promises him that next week is going to be a great night for himself but and for the fans, but not for Garcia. So uh, we're on for next week, folks. Adam Cole's return versus Daniel Garcia. Uh, and um, I enjoyed this whole exchange, and I am looking forward to that match next week. Um, Schlong, I'm going to go to you first. What did you think about this uh, segment and... Are you looking forward to that match? I can't tell. Well, story time with Ryan. Boo boo. Um, oh, God. I did not think Daniel Garcia would be. Don't look away from me, DJ. I did not think that Daniel Garcia would be uh, Adam Cole's return partner. And yet I love this call. It's going to be an amazing match. Uh it's a fun story. Daniel Garcia did a great here accidentally almost saying professional wrestler like that is world class by him. Adam Cole's going to look amazing and it's just smart. Put him in with put him in with a heel cuz he's going to come out to cuz Adam Cole's going to come out to such a cheer on his first match back. You have to just lean into it. And, and Garcia I think is a relatively like safe wrestler so he's a pretty good bet for your first uh Sorry, Bonkers just said, don't have a cow, Ryan, and I'm laughing my ass off in inside. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's just, I'm very excited for it. I didn't think I would, I didn't, I was going to be excited for the Adam Cole match no matter what, but I didn't think of this matchup. And now I'm like, I don't want anything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't, I, I don't even think we discussed here between us, like, who we thought this first match was going to be. And honestly, if you put a gun to my head and said, who's it going to be? I don't think I was actually ever thinking Garcia, but I fucking love it. Um, You know, I'd certainly want to see Cole face some other people too. Like I would love to see Cole versus like Ethan page, right? Like somebody we don't see a lot of. I'd love to see Adam page, uh, Adam page, uh, Adam Cole versus, um, uh, even somebody like Ricky Starks. I know Ricky's in another story, but like, you know, there are a lot of people who I'd love to see Adam Cole face. Garcia, for some reason, I wasn't even thinking of, and I love it. 
I was thinking, like, I was going to, obviously, AEW pretty much only has good wrestlers, so I thought it was going to be someone like Kip Sabian, which was going to be a great match, but sure, not the implications of a story behind it. This is just tremendous. Yeah, I feel like this is a really good call because I think probably after the Four Pillars story for the title, very possible you get Adam Cole and MJF. I feel like that's part of the reason you have Adam Cole come back face here. Um, I also think it would behoove Daniel Garcia to lose to Adam Cole, whether Adam Cole goes on to Jericho or whatever. Um, I think it might be time for the JAS to, to split up. We got like the trios thing going on. I think it could be a really, really fun story if it's like Jericho and somebody else say it's Sammy Guevara um, want to reunite as a tag team. And then 2.0 was like, I thought we were the tag team in the stable things go kind of awry or whatever. Like I think um, Daniel Garcia saying professional wrestler today was not an accident. Um, really, really like that idea. Also Daniel Garcia's fashion tonight, just as always, but like absolutely impeccable getting really good heel reactions too, like just coming out with his presence really really like it everybody was super excited to see adam cole back um but this was just this was great this is great pro wrestling it's a great return feud for cole like you said ryan like he's a safe worker too you want to make sure that he's coming back to someone who's who's going to be safe um i actually think that's part of the reason why an mjf feud would be nice next mjf does a lot of talking um so you could have Cole. I'm sure he'll have to go through lackeys or whatever at some point. But, um, you know, I, I think it's a, a good way to kind of get his feet wet after a very, very severe concussion. So love this. Yeah, I um, I, I like where this is headed. And I'm with you, Kate, that I think this could lead to the JAS sort of splitting up. And I think clearly it's not a mistake that he was going to say pro wrestler tonight, right? Like yeah. that's, that's leading to something. And I think that Cole also mentioning, like you got a problem with the company you keep, man. Like they've given you this sense, like you're untouchable, but you're not right. And maybe we see something where, uh, Garcia's put in a situation where he's going to lose the match and nobody helps him out. Right. Nobody saves him. And now he's starting to sort of question, the JAS because he do, he helps you know them out, but they're not helping him out in this important match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Jericho's could, on a losing streak too, right? Like it's yep. a it's it's good stuff. Also, Cole referencing his uh, promo against Karrion Cross in NXT that put Karrion Cross kind of in a body bag, uh, but a, a really really nice callback there of to make me feel special. What they do is ring the bell. I just I love that. I love when wrestlers kind of pull on threads like that. Yeah, just great work out of both of these guys tonight in this promo and uh, really excited to see uh, Adam Cole make his return to the ring next week. The other crazy thing was that, you know, they said it on commentary or maybe he said it. Somebody said nine months and I started doing the math in my head. First of all, Mrs. Money goes, it hasn't felt that long. And I was like, no, it's felt longer like in my brain. Yeah. But like I started doing the math back to nine months that would put us at June of 2022. And that was, I think, Forbidden Door was his last match. That was because you can see the spot where it happened. Right. And I was there. 
it's like, oh, I saw his match before he got on the shelf. Um, and he was looking good in that match, too, uh, until that happened. So um, it'll be great to see what he looks like coming back. I'm sure he's going to look great. Uh, and uh, I agree with the fact that you put him in the ring with Garcia, who's a safe worker. Uh, certainly a number of other guys you can put him in the ring with who are safe sort of to get his feet wet again in the ring. Um, but looking forward to this next week. Uh, really good stuff. We go to Marvez outside of Omega's dressing room and he walks in and Don Callis is arguing with Kenny. Kenny is distraught that he didn't go to the hospital uh, with the Young Bucks. Uh, but Don tries to spin it as beneficial because he's a glass half full guy. And now Kenny can focus on his singles match tonight. And Callis turns to the camera, cuts a promo saying the God of pro wrestling is back and it starts tonight. So again, guys, this is sort of adding another layer to this whole story, right? Uh, Adam page is sort of with the box, right? Kenny wants to be with the box, but Don is like, you got a singles match. We got to focus on your singles career. You're back. This is the start. You've been with the trios. Maybe this is a good thing. And um, we sort of see Don maybe starting to plant a seed of of doubt in uh, not maybe seed of doubt, but he's planting a seed to get Kenny thinking differently. And uh, this, I think, also sort of leads to the end here. So I, I don't necessarily want to get to the discussion of what happens later, but if either of you guys want to add to what we saw here or you want to wait for later. Yeah, let's wait for later. Okay, no problem. But this did happen. We will come back to it. <laughs> so, guys, we get to our next match. And it's John Moxley uh, versus Stu Grayson in his return to AEW's roster. Um, uh, and uh, we see the Blackpool Combat Club come out in uh, in the crowd to cheers again. I bring that up just because we've been seeing them do a lot of heel shit. They're still getting a face crowd reaction. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, that also will play sort of into the conversation later. But um, uh, cutting to the end of this match, Moxley wins by pinfall with the, an avalanche death rider. Um, and um, man, I mean, what what can you say about Stu in the fucking ring, right? I mean, Jesus Christ. He looks Thanks great. for the reminder, man. Like, yeah. just fucking ridiculous. He looked great last week. And all me and Ryan talked about, Kate, were... You gotta resign the guy. Like, what more do you, do you have to see? And then they did it, which is fantastic. And then he comes out and gives you this match tonight, and is like, "This is why you signed me back." And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what. I don't have anything else to add. I fucking love seeing Stu back in the ring. Great match with Moxley, especially after the tag match or the trios match last week. Just continually good stuff out of Stu. And I hope that we can see Stu and Uno tagging together somewhere down the line. Because, Kate, we talked about last week. You forget about the awesome uh, tandem offense that him and Uno had because we haven't seen them wrestle together in such a long time. Um, yeah, I, 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 I just am gushing, gushing over having Stu back in the ring. Um, with AEW. So I like this match a lot. You know, the outcome is the outcome. I think there's a lot of storylines at play here. Um, so I think that's the way it needed to go. 
but certainly Kate, what's, what's your take on this? Oh, just, just fantastic. Um, Moxley and Stu Grayson had just great chemistry too. Like something that thing where things click into a higher gear was there today. Um, Moxley's just about as good as anybody at that. I think of, of making someone else look great, but Stu doesn't need the help. So that combination was very, very fun to watch. Stu also, I feel like when you're in there with Moxley, you're like, I can lay my shit in. This guy can take some punishment. Like that was definitely evident. Like he felt, it just seemed like he felt really comfortable there. Um, super fun story-wise, but this was kind of like a, a welcome back Stu Grayson showcase. Very, very fun match. Um, just a confirmation that they made the right call signing this guy. And that he's just one of, not everybody has that, but he's one of those guys that like singles or tag or trio, whatever, like you put him kind of anywhere and he just knows how to deliver. So would really like to see Stuno in the tag division for sure. Absolutely. Schlong, we spent a good portion of last week. Oh, by the way, I'm going to say it here on this show because, um, we put it on our socials and I know people are connected to our socials, but, um, Schlong, um, congratulations to you and my need to go out to you and myself, by the way, uh, because last week uh, we had mentioned it on air. We saw AEW jump in the chat and wave hello. Um, and uh, Schlong, I am going to take full credit for us getting Stu re-signed because the moment that they checked in on our show, we were talking about how much they needed to re-sign Stu and how fantastic he was. And then they go out and do it right after, you know, hearing that segment of our show. So, uh, Ryan, uh, congratulations to you, sir. I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but congratulations. We did it. We did it. We, we, this was all us. I agree. We, we are the big wigs in the business. We make mm-hmm. moves. Um, so next the time there's show. a bit. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I actually know what's going to happen with FTR. I, I already know their contract situation. I just can't tell anyone. Uh, I don't break confidences. So that's where we're at. This match was awesome. Like you guys said, that was hard hitting. It's a lot of fun. Stu's a great wrestler. I like that even though the Dark Order has been losing, which makes sense a little bit, they don't come out looking worse. Like they've actually, I think, even though they've lost the matches in this feud, I think it's elevated them back to like a serious level. Like, yeah, these guys were goofy, but they're also really, really good wrestlers and will go at you as hard in the black and the BCC has had to cheat a little bit and they've had to get dirty with them. So I think if any, this has made the dark order look like a real team again, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Just fantastic work. Great to see Stu back. Congratulations, Ryan. We did it. And we move on to absolute Ricky Starks being interviewed backstage. He's sick and tired of talking back and forth. And uh, he has to take time off his vacation early just to tell juice. He doesn't like that. He attacked him. Well, on Rampage, he's done talking, and Juice can find him man-to-man, and if not, then he can just stop. He's over it. He's sick of it. It's the craziest thing he's been part of in his whole life. So it looks like we're going to get Juice and Ricky Starks on Rampage, which, again, should be a great match. Hell yeah. I'm all in on that. Juice has had some good showings in uh, AEW, um, and I think we've sort of talked about it before, too. Like, there have been a couple guys where it's like, um, you know what they can do, uh, and then they have a nice match, and it's like a nice reminder for the crowd. Like, oh, yeah, this guy can fucking wrestle, and I think this will be another one 
uh, for juice, right? Like he'll get out there and show everybody like in this match, I can fucking go and he'll go with fucking Ricky. So, um, guys, we're to our QTV offices for the QTV segment of the night. They do run footage of Phoenix getting beaten up by Hobbs uh, and make fun of him and Alex Abrahantes. They do have a laugh about Aaron Solo stealing Wardlow's identity and losing uh, his house. Uh, Hobbs is issuing another open challenge on Rampage. Uh, and then we are informed that Penta will be accepting it. So Hobbs going to run through all of the Lucha Brothers. Um, but man, just uh, again... I fucking love the goddamn QTV segments. Sounds good. I don't. I'll say this: Ryan and I, or Ryan and I, talked about this uh, before. Um, we don't. I don't need to see this every single week. So when they take a pause on this, that'll be perfectly fine, right? But I think for now, since they're just sort of getting QTV established, I'm good with them giving this two weeks in a row. But if this goes missing from TV next week and the week after, like I'm totally fine with it. Agreed with you, though, Kate, as we sort of mentioned in passing before. I don't want to see Hobbs involved with this long term. I just want to see this as a short term deal. And then Schlong and I, I think last week even said, like, maybe you move different people in and out of this QTV thing, right? Like Hobbs is in it for now. And then he moves out and somebody else sort of moves into that spot in a different story. You know what I mean? Like that could be a cool thing, but. Fuck another really fun segment from QTV. And these could easily have gone terribly wrong, but they've just been great. It's just so true to the parody that it, it works really well. The cell phone footage, the cheese platter, the blonde chick with the bangs, who's a knockoff version of me, clearly. Um, like, sincerely, just it, it's so nailed. If you've ever watched any of the tmz bullshit even for a minute it's set up like this like they're standing around clearly with scripted bullshit but um acting like it's not and it's it's just such a spot-on parody it's it's such an absolute blast i i absolutely love it but yeah i don't hobbs is a is a killer like he he shouldn't be involved in this long time this is silly and fun and goofy and i feel like hobbs is was built up to be a monster. Like this does not feel book of Hobbs ish, but um, I'm in on it for now. I'm taking a week at a time and see where it goes. Schlong, your thoughts on QTV. I love it. Uh, like I said last week, I don't want this every week because it will burn out quickly. The nice thing I like this week is even though Hobbs was mentioned, Hobbs was not there. So I do think that's a distancing of a thing. Like they can talk about him because I'm hoping they talk about other feuds too, but it kept Hobbs from being it, – it gives him a little distance. My hope is that they just keep highlighting heels doing heel things and making fun of faces because I just think that's hilarious, and it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. And Q, um, this has been an interesting turn for QT. I'm glad that he kept Solo along with him because I was worried that some of the factory guys would get lost after the years of sticking with him. Though I do wonder what happened to, like, Camarado and stuff like those guys, those Me poor too. guys. Yeah. Uh, by the way, since we're talking TMZ parodies, if you like this, if you've and I think we've talked about it here, but if you've never seen the movie Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, there is also more great TMZ parody in there. Kate, if you've have you seen Pop Star? No. 
You should. It bombed in theaters, but it is a fantastic movie. Like, um, it features the Lonely Island guy. So Andy Samberg is supposed to be like a Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah. I remember like um, previews for this and stuff. It it tanked in theaters, but it is honestly it's like one of my favorite movies. Anytime we see it on like HBO or something, we stop and watch it. Doesn't matter where it is. It's fucking hilarious. But there are segments in that movie where there is a TMZ parody and Will Arnett is like the host and he's got his giant cup. And then like Eric Andre is one of the, you know, reporters. And then Mike Birbiglia is supposed to be like the surfer dude. And then there's somebody else there too. I can't remember her name. Her name always gets lost on me, but she's part of sort of this crew. And it's just like them making those cheesy quips and just all like cackling to each other. It's very funny. So if you enjoy TMZ parodies, Kate, certainly seek it out. huh? If you don't go watch the movie, like look for those parts of the movie. They're very funny. Uh, all right, guys, we get into our uh, women's match of the night. Sky Blue versus Tony Storm. And uh, Tony Storm does win by pinfall with the Storm Zero. But post-match, Riho and Willow run down to make a save. Um, so again, we're sort of, we're seeing the story evolve with the outcasts and the AEW quote unquote originals, um, sort of taking sides, you know, um, love Rio's. I love the fact that Rio's there because she was an original, right? She was like the first champion. Uh, Willow is a fan favorite. Love seeing Willow. So, um, I have no problem with this stuff. I like to, I I just want to see them sort of move a little bit more with this story, like give us something to get to. And I think we're going to get there as they're building to sort of double or nothing. Right. I think that's where we're going to see something happen. But um, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have a problem with this. I was busy doing some other stuff, so I didn't sit and pay attention to the whole you thing. But to I the, to get chicken tenders. You can say it. No bathroom break, bathroom break had to clean up, you know, whatever. Sure. Um, but uh, I knew what was coming up. That's why I was like, I got to do this stuff now. So but I didn't have a problem with this. I thought this was a perfectly good match and they're continuing sort of the story. Like I said, my only my only beef is I just want to see them advance this a little bit more. Right. Like, let's get to sort of like where we're going and build to what I think will be something at the pay-per-view. But Sky Blue is growing leaps and bounds. It's really good to see. I think she'll probably be in that ROH women's division. I think she should be um, featured heavily there because she's really, really coming along now. Really good to see. And Tony Storm was just a great dance partner for her. She's just, I, I feel like it's, even though she was champion, it's kind of underrated how valuable Tony Storm has been to this division. Like, mm-hmm. really good storyteller really good technically lays her shit in, but it's safe. Great at selling. Um, she's just a really, really reliable worker that they desperately needed. It's, it's come a really long way since, but she was kind of like the one who I feel like was, was unlocking a lot of that, which is awesome. Um, but this was, I think my favorite match of sky blues so far. Um, and she's had some good ones lately. Her match against Britt was great, etc. So, uh, I, 
and not like a Riho hater. I think they've adjusted her offense to be a lot more believable. I don't need to see Riho in a blood and guts match if that's where this is heading. No, I would much rather them do something more interesting with Jade or if somebody's injured that can come in for this or whatever. Like, um, I just feel like this is not where Riho's strength is. And I like that they gave her a pipe. Certainly feels like she walked in there with an equalizer, but also feels kind of like she's in the murder mystery clue game. Um, because it's as big as she is. So I, I think they've adjusted her offense to be a lot more believable. I just don't feel like a, a blood and guts match is going to showcase what she's best at. So I, I kind of wish they'd gone in a different direction there, but I think Sheeta is injured and there's a couple of other things going on. So um, oh, I'm not mad about it. I just feel like they, they could have made stronger decisions in that way. I, it feels silly that Jade would not be in this. Yeah, and I also, so I'm going to agree with you there, and then I definitely want Ryan's take, but I'll, I'll say this. Um, I've been very clear about my opinion on Riho. Not believable to me at all that she can win anything. She's like nine pounds soaking wet, right? Even with the pipe, doesn't do anything for me. I don't mind that they have her in this picture because she is as close to an original as you can get, right? Sure. She was the first champ. So to me, that makes sense. But I can't disagree with you. Like, I don't think she should be in the picture from like a wrestling standpoint because to me, she doesn't stand up with some with the other people, right? She's just but she didn't stand up with me against Nyla. Like I was like, there's no way she can beat Nyla in any in any reality. Like, it just doesn't work. Well, their their last woman standing match was pretty good. But, the, like, you shouldn't have to have a stipulation for me to be able to buy into it is is a little bit trickier. Right. I but, mean, it's, you know, and I get but it. But you're right from a story perspective. She was their first champion. She's, she's about as OG as they come, so. Right. She's got to be sort of involved with this, you know. But, Ryan, what do you think? I mean, the match was really good. Like you said, Sky Blue has become an incredible wrestler, especially from where she started. Uh, I don't have a problem with Riho being uh, being part of it. I can buy into a lot of things with wrestling, so I can buy into this. I do laugh when she was swinging the, the pipe coming down. Willow had to be very aware of where that pipe was, so you could kind of see Willow pacing herself out. I don't actually think Jade makes sense to be in this feud or Blood and Guts because Jade is for Jade and Jade only. Well... I don't know where they're headed. We don't know yet, but I hope this picture becomes a little clearer. And if it is a blood and guts, you know, I think that's where we want to go. So let's see. Uh, again, this is the, my only beef is I want to see him advance this a little bit quicker, right? Let's get to yes. wherever we're going because I think they've been sort of dangling it in front of us. Uh, all right, guys, we are into the main event for the evening. A dream match that was supposed to take place in 2021, but because of Kenny's injuries and surgeries never happened, uh, is taking place on AEW television. It's El Hio del Vigingo versus Kenny Omega. Um, Kenny. By God, sorry, Omega. Um, my apologies. He's the, the wrestling god, uh, so I should throw some respect on his name. Um Guys, I'm going to just give a few um, a few of the moves that we saw in this match come out of uh, Hio. Um, because, first of all, I loved how they were like, if you uh, don't know who he is, you're going to get you're, you know, you're in for a treat tonight. 
And all I kept saying to Mrs. Money is, you're definitely going to know who he is after tonight. And it yep. didn't disappoint. We saw an imploding Dragon Rana, a shooting star press uh, off of the apron, uh, a 450 splash, a Dragon Rana to the floor. Uh, let's see. Uh, reversal, an avalanche pipe bomb, uh, powerbomb into a Spike Frankensteiner. Uh, springboard Phoenix splash from the outside uh, in. Uh, let's see. The Brillo 630 Centon through a table. Uh, we saw him go for that 630 Centon yet again in this match, which when you think about he's doing it goddamn twice is pretty impressive. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you didn't know who this guy was, you certainly fucking know who he is now. And I'll say this to anybody who's listening. If for some reason you didn't see this match, make it a point to go watch this match. In my opinion, for you two guys, this is certainly a match of the year candidate. Um, it's marching Kenny's head too. That's just insane. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy um cutting to the end of the match kenny omega does win by pinfall with that one winged angel um after uh uh, vikingo misses the 630 senton um kenny hits the v trigger uh and then goes up for the one winged angel my favorite part during that is you could catch don Callis on the outside of the ring with the camera angle where um uh, Paul Turner's counting. Uh, Don Callis has his back turned to the ring and he's looking at the crowd and he simply holds up the hands for the one, two, three. I loved that. So good. Loved it. Uh, and then post match, Skiavone comes down to interview Kenny. Uh, and um, Omega starts to thank Tony for complimenting him about the match. Says that time goes by and he wonders if he can still do this. And then he's about to say something else, but Blackpool Combat Club attack Kenny from behind. They're putting boots to him. And um, as Mox is going in for the choke, we start to hear sirens. And on the big screen, they show us an ambulance pulling up to the arena. And it's, by God, Hangman Adam Dam Page with a two by four with nails coming out of it to save Kenny Omega. So he hits the ring. The Blackpool Combat Club scatters. And Don Callis uh, is there to check in on Kenny. He, you know, goes to grab Paige by the shoulder. Hangman almost spikes him, but he doesn't. And that's when Don is trying to sort of pull back on, uh, on Adam Page. And then he... I couldn't tell here. They said that on commentary that he, like, faked you know, getting hit to me, it looked like he sort of like, you know, lost grip of hangman and hit the, hit the ring, right? Like it was an accident, but when Kenny gets up, he sort of sees that callus is down and hangman is standing over him with the two by four. Don isn't really admitting that it was a, an accident or there's a misunderstanding here. So he's letting it play out. And, uh, Hangman is pleading his case. Omega doesn't want anything to do with it. And that's sort of how we go off the air. There is this butting of heads between these two guys who are tag team champions who then split up and Hangman won his first championship, his uh, his world championship against Kenny Omega. 
and um, we don't know sort of what's going on here. Now, we're going to call. First of all, guys, I want to call back on some of the things that we talked about earlier. The Don Callis interview, the possibility of Takeshita being uh, courted by Don Callis to sort of join some sort of stable. I want your thoughts on the match, too. But, Kate, here's something I made. um, Excuse me. I made um, uh, uh, schlong hip to before we jumped on the air. And he was unaware of this. And you might be aware of this. But did you see Jeff Cobb calling out Kenny Omega this past week? I sure did. Mm -hmm. So for those who headed that way for Forbidden Door. Well. Here's where here's where I said to Schlong, maybe they could work this into this whole thing, because for those who are not aware, um, Jeff Cobb is is wrestling with New Japan um, and uh, he's been sort of calling Omega or mocking and taunting Omega on recent shows with New Japan. Um, And um, he did an interview after an event. uh, and, uh, basically he had this to say when my new Japan cup ended, I set my sights, I set my sights to my goal before the new Japan cup started. And that was you, Kenny. I've tried countless times, countless times for you to accept a challenge for me. I've done everything. I've mocked you, copied you, mimicked you, and nothing came about it. The one thing that did come about it was a lot of backlash. Funny thing is it wasn't backlash from you it was backlash from the Twitter people. To be quite honest with you, it shook me for Twitter to be angry at me because I mimicked and teased Kenny Omega, and I've come to a consider to the cons- conclusion, excuse me, that I really could give a fuck what Twitter thinks. You see, Twitter isn't a real place. The real place is in the ring. Now, Kenny, you've been dodging me and dodging me and dodging me for a month. Yeah, I said it. Twitter is fucking fake. Kenny Omega, Jeff Cobb, that's real now. The last and final warning... It's not even a warning. I'm telling you firsthand. I'm coming to St. Louis, and I'm going to knock on your door. I'm going to find the EVP's dressing room, knock on it, and see if you let me in. So, Kate, here's what I said to Schlong before going on air. Knowing that that had been sort of out there in the ether from the past week, I thought perhaps at that moment the interview was happening, we were going to see Jeff Cobb enter the ring and attack Kenny Omega, and we were going to have this story play out didn't happen so what i said to schlong was on commentary throughout the night they had mentioned um you know kenny omega or i'm sorry the blackpool combat club was responsible for the attack on the young bucks but we never really got confirmation from blackpool or anybody else we just saw them make the attack on kenny my question to schlong was can we see this possibly play out that it wasn't necessarily the Blackpool Combat Club that attacked the Young Bucks, but maybe was Jeff Cobb helping do the job for Blackpool to neutralize the Young Bucks so they can get the jump on Kenny. And maybe that's how this story sort of plays out. To get to Kenny, Jeff Cobb was sort of helping out the Blackpool Combat Club. An interesting twisting in terms of stories, but I still also think there's something here for... uh, Takeshita being involved with Don Callis, not in a negative way against the Bucks, but certainly Takeshita's in play. Uh, Where's Jay White at? We don't know where Jay White is. 
We also uh, don't know what the relationship is between Hangman and the Young Bucks. We saw him obviously get in with Nick. Um, So there's a lot of, as a host of this show has said before, a lot of spoons in the porridge with this story. So, Kate, I'm going to throw it to you first. What did you think of the match? And give me your thoughts on this whole fucking story, because it's a great story. The other thing to recall, too, is all of these stories are like three years old, right? Like they haven't touched them since they sort of broke this whole thing up. And now we're pulling it all back up. And clearly the live fans remember these stories. Uh, So what? go ahead. The floor is yours. Whatever you want. Match was ridiculous. Um, My Tuesday night co-host at Fightful said that more wrestlers should wrestle in tunics. I agree. Great look. Here for it. Um, it, out of all the dumb shit that was being said about like, where's the video pack and just introduce me to this guy. Like it just of anybody who doesn't need a video package for you to like, get excited about seeing a match with them. This guy from bell to bell is unbelievable. So I don't know. It's just, I think that's a dorky argument anyway. I think certain wrestlers should probably have them and certain ones shouldn't, but like, I think tonight he proved why we didn't really get something bigger than what was on Rampage because you didn't need it. Also, just the very obvious thing, and AEW does it a lot, is a match between two wrestlers might be used to advance a different story, right? Just kind of what you were saying. So why not put on a match of the year to candidate and also advance a different story? Sounds like a hell of a lot of fun to be. Match was ridiculous. All the spots that you called out were great. Um if we were going to sit here and call it great spots about this match, we would just be calling out the whole match. Phenomenal stuff. A healthy Kenny Omega is even better than an injured Kenny Omega and injured Kenny Omega was pretty fucking good. So <laughs> this has been a really fun run getting to see him with Osprey. Um, if he stays healthy this year, I'm, I'm sure he'll be in talk of for wrestler of the year, but, but seeing tonight, um, what both of these men did was, was just awesome. And to your point, the the story has a lot of intrigue. It could be Jeff Cobb and Takeshita and someone else. Um, there's plenty of other talent in new Japan that couldn't walk right in this with Jeff Cobb. Uh, I think Jeff Cobb would be a really interesting challenge for Kenny. Cause we haven't really seen a matchup like that before. And Jeff Cobb's just an unbelievable wrestler. So it would be cool to kind of see Kenny go up against someone of, of Cobb's, size and i mean i hate saying moveset because it's not a fucking video game but uh i i would love to see it i don't know who else you kind of fill out the the rest of that stable with and i don't know jeff cobb's contract status either i think he's still in new japan for a little bit longer but super super fun a lot of possibilities jeff cobb makes a lot of sense because uh we should be building toward forbidden door at this point right like storyline wise so and it's it's just a tricky pay-per-view because you have to build stories with people who aren't on your television. So that's a really great way to accomplish that. And and the story that's there too is Cobb wants Kenny because Kenny has uh has one of the IWGP belts. I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but there is a reason for Cobb to want Kenny. Uh yes. so you know, it makes sense. Um so yeah, um Schlong, uh, you've had a while to think about the news I dropped on you before we started. What did you Have think you about? Processed, Ryan. 
Yeah. Is it processed if we're being Canadian? Um, or Philadelphian? I don't think they say processed in in uh, in Philadelphia, processed. but they certainly do in uh, in Canada. Uh, so long. Ryan and I went to Philly's game and we needed subtitles to know what people were saying. Yeah, but we say process. You can tell by trust the process. It's true. They've heard a lot. Um, um, so Schlong, yeah, match, story, give us everything. I mean, there's not much more to say about the match. It was just incredible. It's it's one of those things where you just got to go watch it. I, I don't think you can talk to it properly. It was just going on. I, will, I won't lie. There was a couple moments early on where I got a little nervous because I felt like some of the spots were so telegraphed. I'm like, if, if this is all going to be highly telegraphed, it's going to lose me. But they got out of that quickly and and started doing some really smooth work that was just awesome. Uh, so I, again, if you haven't seen it, what the hell are you doing? Why are you even watching? Go go watch the match. It's incredible. It's amazing. Uh, the post stuff. I'm out on Jeff Cobb as part of the story, in on him as part of Forbidden Door. I think he muddies up the waters of the story that they're telling right now. But he will be a great opponent for. Uh, for Kenny at Forbidden Door. So I'm in on that. I thought it was fairly obvious that Don Callis fell like took a bump to pretend he got hurt. Like I thought that was fa- fairly obvious. And, and then he was blaming Hangman. 100%. Like I, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it was fairly obvious he was trying to drive a wedge between. He didn't want Hangman and Kenny to reunite. It's clear he doesn't want Hangman even with the Bucks anymore. He's trying to keep Hangman. Uh, Hangman, I mean, he's trying to keep Kenny by himself. He doesn't want Kenny in the trios. He doesn't want Kenny reuniting with Hangman. He wants him to himself. And I think that's what this whole plan was about. And he took advantage of of the save. And he faked that he got hit by, by, uh, by Hangman. And then he was like, look, he hit me. And, of course, if Kenny goes and watches he should see that that didn't happen but for some reason wrestlers never go back and watch you know the the film but yeah i i'm i it's clear callus has a a desire to to separate kenny out and i think that's going to be why he turns on kenny's that kenny refuses to just solo this yeah i mean um i'm not saying don didn't take advantage of the situation it just to me it looked like he was trying to grab I, and again, it's just in the moment. I didn't go back and watch it. So because I will go back and watch that for sure. But um, in the moment, it just looked like he was trying to grab Hangman and then, you know, sort of lost his grip and fell to take the bump. And then when Kenny saw it, he just was like, yep, he hit me like, you yeah, know, I was super on purpose the situation. Well, again, just in the moment, it looked like he was trying to grab him and then, you know, Un, ungripped or whatever and then you know fake the bump um i didn't think he wasn't trying to fake the bump you know what i mean but like uh it didn't look like you know when we've seen people fake bumps where they're not even touching the guy and then they just hit the hit the ground yeah like I, the eddie guerrero spot yeah yeah so um and let's not forget too uh i don't recall i think it might be cabbage sensei before said that uh yeah Cobb is a hired gun in AEW lore. Very true. For one episode. That's right. Um, well, of the inner circle. But uh, that was also like right before the pandemic, right? So Lord knows what maybe they were trying to do. Uh, and then it went away because of the lockdowns. Um, but I mean, it is it, it. 
listen, I don't need him to be part of the whole story, right? But if you at least say to me, he helped the combat club neutralize the Bucks, right? And then the the combat club was able to capitalize by getting to Kenny and they were just helping each other sort of accomplish what they needed to accomplish. I'm okay with that. Cobb doesn't need to be part of the long-term story. It's a means to an end, right? So in that case to me, it's a plausible story that could make sense, right? Cobb needed something. Blackpool combat needed something to sort of drive wedges between these guys. And now they're just helping each other out to get to, the end results like that makes sense to me. Cobb doesn't need to be involved long term. I think it's definitely getting to something at uh, at uh, Forbidden Door. And also thank you to uh, Gordon Post and Marky Mark Kayfabe. They clarified it is the IWGP US championship that yes. Kenny currently holds. Just couldn't remember which belt. I knew he had a belt. There's like four million of them in, yeah. in New Japan. So yeah, yeah. So the never um, open US Super J Cup belt. Nailed it. That's it. I mean, just throw IWGP bunch of words together and it's likely a belt. There it is. Um. So, yeah, I mean, listen, guys, I thought this was fantastic. I thought the main event was really fucking strong. Um, the only thing I would say was sort of distracting me throughout the show tonight was it seemed like the camera work was off tonight. I just don't. Like they gotta correct th- these production issues. The audio's off every week at some point. There was just something, yeah. and I don't understand because they brought in, you know, somebody who had all of this experience, and it seems like some of the thing, some of these things have gotten worse before they've gotten better. Um, but there were certainly camera shots like early in the night where I'm like, you are not where you need to be, not even where you need to be, but like you cut to something that there's nothing happening and you're missing something else that needs to be shown on TV. Yeah. Yeah. It was just really weird. Other than that, I thought again, from sort of a story perspective, tonight was strong from a wrestling perspective. The night was strong. They got to get this production stuff fucking worked out. Agreed. So, guys, we're taking it home, but there are a few things to mention in news and notes. Kate, if you recall last week, there was a promo by the Outcasts, and at one point, Soraya uh, called him a twat. Called people <laughs> twats. Uh, I believe the exact quote was, "I don't expect anything less from a bunch of neck-bearded, uh, stinky twats," uh, which got me to pop hard. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, because I was like, wow, she got that over on live TV. Nobody believed that. OK, uh, well, turns out Soraya said that uh, she did get fined for saying twat on live TV um, and she loved it and it was worth the fine. So um, there you go. Uh, we've heard in the past that AEW has been reprimanded or spoken to about using the word shit so much on TV. Um, so they've sort of pulled back on some of that stuff. Uh, Rick Ross did get motherfucker on TV once. Uh, so now, um, twat is definitely out there, but it, uh, she did get fine. So there you go. We were if talking you can about it. have your dick in the dirt all the time. Why can't you call people twats? Uh, listen, That's I, I don't disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I think once you say we're going to knock your dick in the dirt once, 
uh, you don't go back to that well for quite a while. And they did they it said like, twice. I know they did it pretty consistently, like two <laughs> yeah, weeks in a row. Great. And I'm like, come on. Nah, it's losing it's great. Its you're, you're wrong about that one. But if you said, I'm going to knock your dick in the dirt every week, eventually you're going to be like, all right, we get it. Right. Yeah. Like, just play with him. I don't know. <laughs> you got it. Um, guys, some unfortunate news. Uh, following Revolution 2023, Dan Housen came out and said uh, he tore his pec, uh, and uh, it looks like he will be out of action for quite a while. Uh, it happened during the final sequence of the match, um, uh, where uh, he took the 310 to Yuma. Um, he didn't look too injured at the time. He was grabbing sort of that right side, uh, taking that final bump of the match. Um, but, uh, it looks like that he had surgery. It was successful. Um, but, um, the time out of action does depend on severity of the tear. Um, the high grade, uh, a high grade tear could put him out for almost the remainder of 2023. Kind of like what happened to Cody Rhodes when he tore his pack. Okay. A nice tribute um, spot to Cody. Yeah. So, um, so, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I haven't followed up to see if Dan Housen said how long he's going to be out, but he definitely had surgery. So it can't be, uh, it can't be great. Uh, I will also say this in the, uh, tweet that he put out, uh, about tearing his pack, uh, much appreciation for the, uh, the Bane reference the band Bane reference that he put in there. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, so, uh, he'll be fine. He doesn't even need to do stuff in the ring. You know what I mean? No, he's going to be at C2E2 and people will meet him there. So that'll be fine. Uh, guys, Tay Valkyrie, uh, freshly signed to, uh, AEW. Um, she had, she has a schedule, um, uh, of a few matches and some other promotions, uh, and she uh, recently had a match in Impact, uh, and she lost the knockouts. Uh, you know, she, her team, they had the knockouts titles, tag titles, excuse me. Uh, they wound up dropping those uh, titles, so it looks like uh, now that she signed to AEW, she is going to be lightening the load and pulling out of some of that other stuff. But the the good thing here is it uh, looks like that she. Uh, she did a job, uh, a good job of sort of help helping put over, um, you know, some of the uh, the new talent. I believe it was uh, Kylan King uh, was part of the uh, new yep. new championship team. Doesn't which matter. Is Nobody nice. on American television knows how to book women's tag championships, so it doesn't fully matter. Yeah, I mean, just uh, I don't, I don't know. Women's Nobody. tag championships don't seem to be a thing that uh, people know how to book. They barely know how to book singles matches, so. I know that's right. But there you go. Taya dropped uh, dropped the tag title. So it looks like expect the same to happen with the rest mm -hmm. of uh, her dates. Kate's unfortunate news for one of your boys. Um, Eddie Kingston, uh, who was filling in uh, to help with some of Moxley's uh, shows that he had to pull out to. Um uh, unfortunately tested positive for COVID and is being isolated. Uh, that came from OTT wrestling, uh, who, uh, he was supposed to be filling in for, um, 
So he wasn't appearing at Wolf, Wolverhampton, Dublin, and Belfast. Um, so they had some replacements. Uh, Kingston hasn't commented. Uh, he's deleted, actually, or, or deactivated his Twitter uh, recently. Um, so uh, don't know uh, the severity of it, but it looks like, Kate, Shaboy's got COVID. Did you give it to him? I did not. Okay, that's good. I just want to make sure. No. Okay. Well, can we talk about CM Punk now? We'll get there. Do we always have to talk about goddamn CM yes, Punk? Yes, because developments. All right, hold on. We'll get there. I promise you. We can <laughs> talk about CM Punk. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to talk about it because I don't have it. But uh, something else that came up this week is um, uh, Tony Khan was talking, of course, about his war on Twitter bots. But something that came up in the discussion was. Um, was um, uh, somebody had mentioned, um, I think it was Meltzer had talked about, um, you know, uh, the fact that uh, AEW is not necessarily covering um, like uh, rooming and transportation for talent. I believe Dave Meltzer said that overseas was taken care of, but domestic, the talent is still paying for cars and hotels. Tony Khan came out and said, that's false. Your statement's true about other companies. It doesn't apply to AEW. AEW invests millions of dollars every year on very good quality hotel rooms and safe transport to take care of our wrestlers. A huge investment I make on hotels weekly. And while, you know, you question sort of uh, the guy who's saying it, you know, uh, it was at least cool to see that other talent have confirmed those reports. Bryce Rember, right? Bryce, Excuse me. that's my Renee Paquette impression. Bryce <laughs> Remsberg. Jeez, I can't talk. <laughs> Bryce Remsberg said that he can confirm wrestlers and all staff, refs, announcers, medical staff, security, hair, makeup, coaches, etc. Shuttles from uh, shuttles to and from the arena, flights to and from home, three to four star hotels reserved for them. I believe the extent of the uh, this extent of hospitality is unprecedented in pro wrestling history. Dax also said no company wrestling or other has taken care of me the way AEW has first class. I'll never forget that. Also seen it from Madison rain. She said from a female perspective, it's much and so much appreciated showing up to a hotel where security team is always nearby being taken to and from the arenas and having peace of mind that our safety is of the utmost importance speaks to the integrity of leadership. Um, and even uh, Billy Starks said, as a non-contracted wrestler, and they, AEW, uh, I'm non-contracted, and AEW has always taken care of me. So I bring it up because it's at least very cool that it seems like they're taking care of the talent the way you would hope they are, uh, and some other companies just aren't. I don't know. You got to pat them on the back for that, I guess. It's good. It is good. Uh, and the last thing I have before we get to your talk, Kate... Uh, is that uh, it was announced uh, yet, uh, today that AEW has a deal to bring house shows to Canada, among other things. So Good. The company... I'll give Jeff Jarrett something to do. Well, Get off my screen. No, Kate, I want to continue to see him on screen. He is perfectly good in the ring. He's Get double off my great. screen. Give the man two paychecks and a gold belt. Keep him everywhere. Anyway, well, 
they announced a new partnership with a Toronto-based Feldman agency and their live event subsidiary, subsidiary Jesus, Turbo Entertainment, to expand the House Rules program uh, in North America and explore multifaceted brand partnerships. Um, so it looks like um, um, the, uh, the House Rules live event series is going to be brought to local venues across North America and provide fans with a spectacular and engaging environment. And the Feldman Agency and Turbo will also provide support to explore multifaceted brand partnerships. They don't go into details on what that is, but it's great to see that they're expanding the house shows to Canada. I think it's a market that they've wanted to get involved with sort of live shows for a while. And obviously the pandemic didn't help that. And then when things opened up here in the U.S., it wasn't as easy to still travel to Canada. There were still a lot of protocols in place. You know, I know for like uh, in the world of like comedy and some other things, I had heard some stories about people testing positive and then they had to be held in Canada and you have to sort of pay for your own room and board until you test negative and stuff like that. So yeah, it's like a two week isolation or whatever you can't. Yeah. You can't chance getting stuck in Canada. So I'm sure that didn't help that keep them out. You know, I'm sure that didn't help them from going to Canada, but it looks like a lot more of that's relaxed and it's a great move for them to get further into Canada. So good move. I'm excited to see, or not maybe excited to wrong word. I'm interested to see, uh, what multifaceted brand partnerships mean, but we'll see. Maybe some additional advertising or corporate synergy in Canada. Yeah, more Shazam movies. Yeehaw. Oy, if I never hear Shazam again, which I haven't since it uh, released, that would be a good thing. All right, Kate. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, let's get to it. What do you got? John Ross F of Fightful Select reports. Dax Harwood tells Fightful Select that in his recent conversations with CM Punk, Punk said reading Steve Kieran's book made him miss wrestling. And then CM Punk said, great story about Gator and Coco fighting in the locker room and then Lawler drags him into the office the next day to squash it. Fascinating. That's, that's it? Is that it? He's coming back, and All right. I'm, I'm going to say this. That's it. You're talking about live events and hotel accommodations. I'm telling you, CM Punk is coming back to AEW. It's not confirmed. Nothing's confirmed. You're, you're, you're I'm making a assumptions. You know this. You're a simp is what you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I don't want to, or need to see CM Punk on TV wrestling again, ever. I, I don't, but if he does come back, it will rule the news cycle because it will be huge news. I don't debate that. It will be great from them from like a news perspective. Personally, I don't need to see him wrestle again. Personally. And yeah, you're, you're wrong. I'm right. I'm not saying I'm, you're wrong either. Like you want to see him wrestle. Right, no, that's no, no. totally fine. I'm saying you're wrong. And anybody with that opinion is wrong. My God. Listen, you got like a year's worth of matches set up if he walks in there. If, if they can't work something out for real, like that's going to be a lot of money that they make. <laughs> no, I don't. Listen, 
there's money to make. Certainly there's news cycles to win. The ratings will be huge. Like all of that will be beneficial for them. What I don't trust is anything changing with him because the track record's just not fucking there. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, that's what worries me is that we're good for like six to eight months and then something else happens. You know what I mean? And and it's it causes another fucking problem. That's the only fear uh, from me. You know what I mean? Like, if he had some come to Jesus moment and he does change and he's good from here on out, that's fine. Then great. But, like, I just don't trust it. I just don't. It's wrestling. Everyone's got egos. Put them back on my screen. Okay. I'm just giving my opinion. Schlong's been looking down this whole time. Do you have any opinion on this? I was just letting that go because I, <laughs> I, I, I will not wade into the CM Punk waters. I think it's you have built in money if he comes back. I think there are enough. There are hints out there. Uh, the, the tide is kind of turned where it seems like he's being talked about in a more favorable light than he had been previously. However, I until it's official, I'm just going to say it, it would be neat. Listen, I'm not debating the money. I'm not debating the ratings. I'm not debating any of that stuff. It is. Um, it is just not something that I need to see anymore. We've moved on. They've been doing fine without him. So. Yeah. They have. They've been telling good stories. They have. Okay, so you're going to come back. I'm just asking now. I'm just asking. (laughs) I know you are. I know you are. But now I'm seriously asking. So you come back and have this CMFTR story, right? Fuck yeah. Okay, fine. (laughs) So are you going to give them the trios titles? No... Because House of Black has them right now, and they should. And the trio's feud should be between. That's also assuming that that's what they come back into. Um, but the well, that's the, the feud should thing. be so not with with House of Black. The feud should be with the Elite, right? Of course. But I mean, let's just let's assume because that's sort of like the breadcrumb trail we've been given, right? Is that they're you know he's so tight with FTR. Maybe there's a trios thing there, right? So if that's going to be the first thing they do, if he comes back, you know, maybe you give him a run at the titles and yes, they're not going to feud with the house of black. uh, Hypothetically, they're not going to feud with him, but if they're holding the titles and they are going to give him a shot, you know, they'd have to go with them. I agree with you. The money there is in the elite because that's the history, right? Um, But if you move off of the trios, the only singles thing I could see him do in the immediate future would be like a Kenny Omega, because again, the story's there with the brawl out. Where do you move after that? Because do you want to go right back to MJF? MJF has moved no, on to no, right? no, no, no. I think you keep you keep him away from MJF until unless you're gonna have Punk. If I'm if I'm booking it, it goes MJF loses to Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston loses in a month to CM Punk. A hundred percent. And then MJF wins it back. Cause everyone forgets like with the reign of terror, 
thing. It was not consecutive title reigns or consecutive day title reigns. Like Triple H lost it, won it back, lost it, won it back. You could have MJF get the better of CM Punk on the other side of it. I do laugh that it's so obvious Kate booked that because she had Eddie Kingston winning it from MJF. Uh, yes. It's just so that's also a that's a great program and it gives eddie a transitional reign and a moment you can do it at grand slam or yeah at grand slam we've heard that before i think both previous grand slam times you've said eddie kingston wins the title here not wins the title wins something is on television didn't he did he win on dark but nobody was around to see it yes they gave yeah. him the back end of a two-hour rampage. Yes, they did. And people were like, it was so late. Um, yeah, I just, I that's that's where I get held up is um, the single sort of run that he goes on. Because I don't, I personally, I like what's going on with MJF, right? I like the pillar angle. I like elevating the younger talent into a main storyline, right? Like, and when I say younger, I mean, I'm talking about guys in their late twenties, but talent that hasn't got that shot, Darby, uh, the pillars, yeah. you know, jungle boy and, and Gar, Gar, uh, Guevara. Like, I like that. I like having guys like Garcia involved with Adam Cole, right? Like I, I like what we're doing. My fear is you the way Tony Khan is, you know, he likes CM Punk so much that they would just upset the apple cart. That's just what well, I don't want to see happen. And again, I know. Lot, right. For CM Punk, it's more than that. But like the majority of the CM Punk reign, he wasn't champion and it was still great. So give him a make card title and have MJF and CM Punk fight over it that way. That'd be I fun. Know. I just, uh, the, the, and again, I know that the stories they have now is what they have now, right? I mean, we're talking something that can happen in two months, right? Like, for sure. So those stories are likely wrapped up and we're on to other stuff. I just don't, I just don't, I don't want to see somebody come back in and then they're like, yep, here you go. Right back to the, right back to the top. Not necessarily give them a belt, but here's, you're back in the main storyline picture that's just what i don't want to see because i think they're building a lot of good stuff and i i mean that for anybody if they brought anybody in if they fucking bring in goldberg to work a shot i don't want to see them putting goldberg in a spot like that you know what i mean even even i'll even say this mercedes i don't want to see mercedes come in to work a shot and then they put the belt on her right away i think it helps obviously like in new japan it's helping get a lot of eyes on new japan but like it just goes back to this whole storyline that they're telling with the ladies, like the outcast versus the originals, right? Like, you know, no, if Mercedes just, comes in. I think it's for Jade. It has to be, it can't yeah. be the main picture, uh, but it's just like, I don't want to see those things happen because I've been critical of that in other places. Please. I'm critical with that. Even of like when I stopped watching the E I was so frustrated at the fact that every fucking cycle for like WrestleMania, you have guys who bust their ass weekly for the company. And then you have celebrities come in to work oh, WrestleMania. I'm going to watch Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Like to me, it's just a joke. You got guys who work every fucking day of the year. And the one big show you could put them on to pay them, you bring a celebrity in. 
just makes no fucking sense to oh, me. I get it. So I don't know. Like, like I said, if it happens, Kate, I'll give it a shot. I don't need to see it. And it's going to be great for them. Money wise, news cycle wise, ticket wise. It'll all be good for them. I'm just skeptical about how it plays out. That's that's it. It's going to be fine. Don't worry. I'm glad you're excited. I'm glad you're excited. Schlong is like, meh. This is the the most meh I've seen Schlong on anything that he's. Well, actually, that's not true, Kate. That's that's sort of like him being a negative, right? Like meh. Yeah. That's as negative as it gets. I'm not meh at all. I just hates the the punk lover. I'll let her tell it, and when we see if he comes back, then I will get excited. Until then, I just won't get my Schlong. Can we get your personal opinion and not a simpish opinion one way, Kate or mine? No, I mean, it, it totally benefits the company to have him back, and I would be interested to see the stories that they tell. So you want to see it? Yes. Okay, that's all I wanted. But I'm not getting my hopes up, so I won't get excited about it yet. Well, I mean, everything Hopefully. in the wrestling world you need to take with a grain of salt. Workers are always working. Hopes are uh, Ryan, would you be as ecstatic as I am if it doesn't happen and Kate is crushed by this? What's the matter with you? <laughs> yes. It would just be so much fun to see news come out and be like CM Punk has been released from his contract. And then I hope every band snubs your kid. That's what Kate, I hope. Kate, my child. Yeah. I want come to on. That's super heel. I don't care what happens to me. He's going to see Guar. That's wild. Double dicks. Two dicks. We st- start. We're ending the way we started, talking about two dicks. Double dicks in the dirt. <laughs> Knocking two dicks in the dirt at once. We're killing two birds with one stone. Oh, no. Actually, did you know you're not supposed to say that anymore? I did not. Yeah. Um, Kill two birdstones at once? No. Um, apparently, to like... Uh, you know, people who are animal rights people, that's a negative statement. Then I don't care what they have to say. You're supposed to feed two birds with one scone. No, that's dumb that they can shut up. That's a real thing I saw. And I'm, I'm not talking recently. This, that was something I remembered reading a long time ago. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you guys. It's kill two birds with one stone. I don't give a shit. It's trailer park boys. Kill two bone stone birds at once. I'm, I tried Trailer Park Boys some time ago. I never got into it. I need to try it again. That's pretty good. I, it's it's more the him intentionally fucking like him fucking up the phrases is the best. Oh sure, but there were plenty. Of, like I've tried. I can't tell you how many times in the past I tried Lost. Um, oh no! I, I tried it. Like I watched the first two episodes, and then I was like, not for me. And then a year or so went by. Watched the first two episodes again. And I was like, yeah, this is still lost on me. I might have even gotten to three episodes. It was lost on you. Just not good. Uh, I, I don't get it. Um, but yes, that was a that was something I read a while ago where they said you shouldn't use phrases like that. That's the only one I can remember. Instead of kill two birds with one stone, why not say feed two birds with one scone? Do you know how many times I use that statement? Just now. Two. Now, both in this show. Anyway, um, that's all we got. 
So Kate reported her CM Punk news twice in one show uh, because she just had to continue to say his name. You're trying to will this into existence. It's the mm-hmm. power of positivity or what is it? The secret, right? I'm a manifesting. That's it. Manifesting. Is it on your vision board? It will be. It will be. Can you share your vision board with us one day? I'd love to see it. Sure. I'll make, I'll make a wrestling vision board. It could be anything. It could be like, you know, a guitar. A white like, girl with a wear... vision board in this economy? I mean, it doesn't have to be a nice board. It could just be a piece of poster paper. Nice. You know, it could just be a... A like nice board just has the number 69 on it. Kate, we're on our way to 169. So, you know, we're working our way there. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Uh, Kate, tell the people where you're at. Mondays on Fightful Select doing the Raw Sour Grabs post show. Tuesdays on the Fightful main channel doing the NXT post show where I don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're singing songs. We're doing impressions. Uh, me and my co-host hit 6,969 followers on the same day. It was a very blessed Tuesday this week. Wednesday's right here at the Mark Order Podcast. Thursday's doing the ROH post show on Fightful. I fought for that one. Friday's doing the AEW Rampage and the SmackDown post show. And I'm at the Excite Commentary Desk. And I am talking shit on Mike Skyros. This little punk ass from Syracuse comes into Excite Wrestling. Blames everybody for everything. Everybody's standing in his way. Talk about how great Syracuse, New York is. Like, it's not just a cloudier version of Binghamton. Well, that's not possible. No. Like, and everyone's standing in my way. You're the fucking champion, punk ass. So, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Can we just rewind momentarily? Yeah. Can you uh, say again... Thursday night, the phrase that you used on what you do on Thursday night? You the said R-H you... Pro-show. Right, and then you said you... What? I fought for that one. Fought. Okay, thank God. Wow. Uh, I had questions. I thought you said I fucked for that. I also I prostituted like, myself. I was just... But I, but I fought for it. In there. I was going to have a lot of questions <laughs> there, Ryan. I was like, you probably shouldn't be saying that on the air. Anyway, um... Thank people you, Kate. Say that anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> where did you say where people should follow you to for your schedule? Uh, at Miss Kate Fabe on Twitter and on TikTok, and then Kate Instagrams on Instagram. Cool. I just figured you might as well plug where you're at so people can actually follow the schedule. Sure, I can't. Oh. So someone's gotta. Perfect. I just realized someone changed my name to DJ Taylor. I did oh, that. You like didn't do that two hours ago. I thought you I did that, Kate. It. That's fine. That was me. And I called you DJ before, like twice. You didn't. Yeah, I thought you were just busting my balls. I didn't see the name change. All right. Schlong, what are people uh, doing to find you? Find me live tweeting Dark and Dark Elevation Mondays and Tuesdays at Mark Order Pod. I'm there the rest of the week. Just don't be a dick. At Mark Order Pod on Twitter. And you'd, for some reason, you'd better goddamn love Lord of the Rings talk. There's a lot of that happening. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, that's just become a running joke in and of itself. Oh song. my god. Um and for us, you can find us as Ryan said at Mark Order Pod on Twitter. All of our other social handles are at Mark Order Pod. Uh if you follow us on, on our Twitter, you can find all of our other socials in the link tree in our bio. We make it super easy for you guys to uh connect with us. 
certainly follow us, like us, subscribe to us, um, you know, so you can see what we're doing when we're doing. Um, you can also in that link tree request free stickers. Give us your full name, your full mailing address, uh, the country you live in and drop your email as well, because if I have any questions about your address, I want to make sure I'm sending you out some free Mark Order podcast stickers to the right place. And we send them worldwide free of charge. So please, if you'd like stickers, shoot us a request and we'll get them out as soon as possible. Uh, if you'd like to spend any of your money on us to support us, you can also find a link to our Pro Wrestling Tees store. It's uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod, or just go to Pro Wrestling Tees and search for Mark Order Pod. You can see all of our lovely shirts that we have for sale. We have a couple front prints only, a couple double-sided prints that are pretty cool. So if you'd like to spend your hard-earned dollars on us, we greatly appreciate it, and the shirts look really good. Um, the other thing is thanks to everybody who's been watching along live with us tonight. We see out there, Marky Mark, Kayfabe, Jesse Oza, Gordon Post, Cabbage Sensei, Slonamite, the Brocast checking in. Brocast, please send me an address via email so I can send you some stickers. Um, Asian Joe was checking in earlier. Mrs. Money was in the chat. Um, plenty of other people that I can't scroll all the way back to. Uh, Chad Andrew. Uh, my God. Gordon Post. Gordon, I said Gordon, I think. Bonkers okay. LFD. Uh, you know, everybody. I'm sorry if I missed your name. I can't keep track. Caden was in here for a while. So thank you all for watching and chatting along with us live tonight. Uh, we appreciate it. If you listen to us in podcast form, we also appreciate that. If you can take a moment to, um, subscribe, rate, review wherever you're listening on your podcast platforms. Uh, we appreciate that. And, um, it definitely helps us out if you, uh, do that. So, um, if you, uh, if you could take a few minutes to do that, it helps us out and we thank you in advance. If you've never tried watching us in video format, certainly head over to YouTube. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, certainly subscribe. So you, and get your alerts. So you never miss a show. Um, and if you've missed any shows, you can certainly go back to the archive and check out any of the videos. Check out all of the guest hosts we've had in the past, like the Concerned Citizen, the Captain. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple other ones. Ryan dressed up as a cowboy. Matt going shirtless at different times. Um, you know, Kate uh, glitching out with her bad Internet. Me glitching out with my bad Internet every once in a while. Hey, so uh, check it out. Uh, and uh, if you uh, could subscribe, like I said, it certainly helps us out. Um, other than that, um, I think I mentioned it before. I think there's an upcoming battle of the belts. We're likely going to do a bonus show for that. So stay tuned. Uh, we are also headed to the new Japan pro wrestling shows in Washington, DC and in Philadelphia, uh, in April. So, uh, stay tuned. Uh, and, uh, if you're going to be at those shows, let us know. We'd love to connect. We'll have some Hell stickers yeah. and, uh, <laughs> We'll see some good wrestling. Other than that, I don't know what else we got on our radar, but we're going to end the show and we're going to ask y'all to come back and hang with us next week because it should be an interesting episode of Dynamite and we're going to talk Rampage and everything else that we do on the Mark Order podcast. So thanks for listening. Kate and Ryan, lots of fun as always. I'm sorry, Deej and Ryan. Thanks for hanging out tonight. Donna Joe Tanner right here. Donna Joe, that's right. Oh, man.
look at you. It's better than being Stephanie, I guess. You don't want to be Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. as the and middle. her like sad real life that unfolded after. I mean, my Real goodness. Medic. I think uh, she's yes. better now, but sad. Yes, she is better now. But I uh, I think when they did Fuller House, I saw somebody leave a comment somewhere that said Fuller House, more like Fuller Blouse. In uh, regards to Stephanie Tanner becoming an adult. My goodness. Yowza, yowza. Never watched Fuller House. I have no idea. No. Anyway. Uh, we appreciate y'all, uh, and we will see you next week here on the Mark Order Podcast. Bye. Order podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.